Hello, beautiful people. It is Monday, June 6th, 2022, and this sports show shall begin right now. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us. We have a big show for you today. I hope you all had an incredible weekend. I got to golf a couple times and then watch all the sports that are happening. It was a fantastic weekend. I hope you had the same. The boys will dive into theirs here in a little bit. We have a packed show. Oh, yeah. yeah. To the gills, okay? Huge. You know how they say things are packed to the gills? That's because, like, a fish who is fat is packed to the gills. Packed to the gills. We are packed to the gills today. John Sheeran, head odds maker at FanDuel, will be joining us in about 17 minutes or so. We got a couple things to ask him about, you know, some of the lines they've been putting out there. Mm-hmm. Also, how do they do all the uh, futures bets? And with the long shot thing they have going on right now, how do we continue to grow that? Can we make that even mm-hmm. bigger? Because what FanDuel's cooking right now is fascinating. And uh, we can't wait to chat with him. An Irish fella who is a smartass. Last time he was on the show, buried Tone Day. Big time. Big time. Peter Schrager will join us fresh out of McVeigh's wedding weekend over Ooh, in Los oh, Angeles. Holy hell. Yeah, him, Cliff Kingsbury, and some others were over there celebrating the love that Sean McVeigh has for his now wife. And now that he's a Super Bowl uh, winning head coach, it appeared as if the festivities were fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. looked like a good time. Looked like a great time. Cliff Kingsbury, by the way, did look like the coolest dude of all time Obviously. yet again. Of course. Wearing a James Bond-esque tux with a picture with uh, Sean McVay and Shregs in it, not even smiling, just a grin with his whole... I mean, he just... Beast. He gets it. Yeah. He knows. That guy gets it. He's a movie character. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the third hour, we have Quentin Richardson to join us to talk Ooh. about hoops. A lot of things happening in the Golden State-Boston Celtics game. in the, or Sorry, uh, finals uh, round here. Because the refs basically admitted to kind of <laughs> kind of cooking games last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Uh, we'll turn to the talks table at Ty Schmidt. Aaron Rodgers at the camp. Wow. At camp, baby, at practice. Wow, Here we go. Really? It's a mandatory one. He told us he would show up at this one. He did. He's there. He's going to have to talk to the press at some point. I'm excited to hear his thoughts on that big putt he just made the other day at Huge. the Wynn Golf Course in Las Vegas to win the match. And also, how he feels about the team. Now he's getting a chance to meet some of the younger guys. This is a good weekend, mm-hmm. a good week here for Aaron Rodgers over there, which is good news for the Packers fans who... You know, did you guys think he forgot about him football at all? Whenever no, he was up? no, no. I hey, listen. I'm That's just, what the media was trying to have. Oh yeah, of course, of course. I'm just glad the drama's over. Okay, we don't and none of the bullshit of last year, none of the bullshit of the year before. He's back with the boys. He's ready to play ball. Everything's good. Okay, so that's all we'll talk about it then. Let's move on to the Celtics-Golden State Warriors game. Last mm-hmm. night, uh, Van Gundy or whatever, the commentator, yeah. uh, bald-headed one. Uh-huh. That's right, Jeff. Jeff Van Gundy, because there is a stand, I believe. Yes, uh-huh. The Jeff Van Gundy calling it with Mark Jackson and Mike. Breed. Okay, and the entire, that's the ABC crew. Mm-hmm. They have the entirety of the finals. It was split between Turner and them for the whole playoffs. Fascinating move by ABC to go ahead and get that thing. Stephen A. now in a well-lit studio yeah. on first day. He looks unbelievable. He does. Uh-huh. Um, but Van Gundy asked about the situation that involved Draymond Green in which he was kicking another guy. He had already had one technical, and they brought in their ref person, Steve... Uh, Javi. Javi, Javi or whatever. Yeah. He's like the ref expert from the NBA. And the way he explained it was pretty much like, yeah, you already had one tech amount of time left in the game score the game 
Probably not give him a touch. Even though Draymond <laughs> Green would have been ejected for the rest of the game, would have yeah. three more quarters. Does the outcome change? Maybe. Possibly. He's a big-time player. But them openly saying that obviously led to a lot of fodder on the internet. You as a Celtics fan, after losing last night, with that situation happening, do you feel like you guys were screwed? And have you been screwed in the past? Uh, definitely been screwed in the past. I don't know if it was a technical foul. Like Basically what happened is he fouled Jalen Brown on a three-point shot, and then they both landed, and Draymond basically just left his legs on him, and then they got into a little scruffle. So I don't know if it warranted a technical foul. He's kind of lounged on him. Yeah, he yeah. just kind of lounged on him. Just a little too long. And then, you know, he almost pulled Jalen Brown's pants down, which I thought was a little ridiculous Whoa. while he was trying to get up. Hey, no cheeks here. Yeah, that's that's right. Come on. People are watching. There are kids at home watching this game, Draymond. Don't need Tom Brady's dick and balls out. Oh, Bingo. Like it is on the IG store. Yeah, yeah. No thanks. But, I mean, him saying that on the broadcast, I don't know why someone didn't jump in his ear immediately, like, walk that back, walk that back, don't fucking say that. They continued, though. Yeah, yeah, they kept talking about it. They kept talking about the entirety of how, like, and we talked to um, uh, NHL ref for 20 years. Tim Peel. Tim, Tim mm-hmm. Peel. And he talked about how they feel like very important to the game flow. Like, yeah. hey, here's the flow of the game. Got to call something early on this team to maybe settle them down or make up calls happen immediately afterwards in the NHL. And it's just kind of understood in the entire culture. Like, yeah, that's how it goes. The NHL refs in the fights, they're in there. I mean, it's a full interaction banter. They're a part of the game just as much as other refs, but even more so because they're also part of the flow of it. The NBA, you know, with the way basketball has its rules set up. Decorated past. With oh. Tim Dorney. That's yeah. right. Down to federal prison. Yeah. yeah. Cooking games for it. In the way you see some games go and some fouls you've seen called and then not called and then out of nowhere, something that could be a phantom call is covered up by a commentator. It goes, that's a good call. It's like, no. Nope. Yeah, Everybody sure. disagrees and they just kind of move along. They are constantly fighting that, I feel like. The NBA will constantly fight that because the way their game is set up, the way the rules are set up, mm-hmm. and what Tim Dawny had done in the past, and Tim Dawny said that there's a lot of other refs out there potentially doing the same damn thing. He even broke down some games, and when you're gambling and losing on games, yeah. it's very easy to go like, oh, I just got fucked. Oh, I just got fucked. Yeah. You're doing that if it isn't even something that seems to be pretty legit. So that whole convo happening on air led to my guy Roosh's tweet here. Uh-huh. Roosh put a tweet out, and he said, uh, he said, Steve JV talking about referees using selective enforcement basically proves and validates fans who feel intentionally cheated by refs. Ooh. That was from Roosh Williams. Roosh is... The host of the Noble and Roosh show. Who Big Rockets, Houston Rockets guy, okay. based out of Texas. So I feel like he feels like the Rockets have been yes. fucked in the past, but yeah. didn't James Harden kind of utilize the refs in the Houston Rockets organization for some time? But that was fascinating to watch. This basketball series is going to be good, though, because the refs are going to make it good. Yeah, Ain't yeah. that right, Connor? Yeah, exactly. It's going to go seven, and I believe Roosh probably is jaded because there's that Chris Paul stat when Scott Foster, I believe, refs a game. You know, he's like 0-14, and, and I believe a few of those were with the Rockets. Hold on. Last night, there was another one of those with somebody. With the Celtics. The yeah. Celtics are like 3-12 and 12 straight up when one of the guys who was refing is refing. But there was also, did you see the Jalen Brown foul they called where Gary Payton the second went up for a layup, missed. Jalen Brown didn't even touch him and they oh, called yeah. it a foul. And yeah. then look how confident they are with their hands. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and then they just walk right to the scorer's table mm-hmm. or whatever, and everybody bitches about every single call. So it's almost like the boy who cried wolf type situation with the players because the players are going to be pissed about every call in basketball. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, I can understand because if you foul, Mm -hmm. if you foul. Foul. So I could see how the players could potentially get pissed in that whole thing. 
But the referees, especially with these primetime games, and it's it is the championship yeah. and it's the finals, always going to be a topic of conversation. But last night couldn't be right because you guys just got your asses beat. What? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, Jordan right. Poole, right. you guys shot. got your asses beat. Right. right. A lot we of did. Celtics excuses here. Clay Thompson could, didn't he, couldn't even shoot a basketball last night. They still beat it. Why? Why? Yeah, we scored fourteen points in the third quarter, kind of just like yesterday. And then also Jordan Poole hit a three point shot from thirty nine feet out. I mean, they played very yeah, well. Yeah, but I seen Jordan Poole in warm ups actually. Shoot Throw a ball uh-huh. up, shoot one, catch it, shoot one. Like when people take bong hits, uh-huh. chug mm-hmm. a beer, yeah. yep. then uh, they blow out the right. bong hit afterwards. Right. That's mm-hmm. basically what Jordan Poole did. Threw up a ball, shot a three, caught the three, shot that three. So <clears throat> They didn't show the full video. You, you couldn't really see it, but I believe he threw the ball up, shot the ball, hit that ball. That ball goes in the hoop, gets the ball back, and then shoots a three and hits it. Really? Yeah, I believe that's what, what that video was, but they didn't. They he didn't should have be doing the... that. Listen, when he retires, that needs to be the quarter halftime show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go out and do ball tricks out there. Right. Yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Just like Red Panda used to do. With the, is she still kicking balls? I, I think so. I think she's done. No, I think what? she's retired. What? I'm telling you. I'd... Just in my humble opinion, I, I fear that we might have seen. You know, maybe she won't be as. Maybe she's more part time performer. Okay. But, you know, last year there was a couple of misses, and we hadn't seen her miss for, I don't know, 15, 20 years straight yeah. or whatever. No. And I think she is the kind of person who's like, hey, if I don't have my fucking fastball today, I'm not going out there. Consummate just- professional. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Consummate exactly. professional. Right. So maybe that'll become a new thing. Like uh, somebody who learns Jordan Poole's trick will throw a ball up, throw it in, it goes in, and keep it moving. I was at a game one time for the Pacers where they had this old white hustle somebody in a three point shooting contest. Really? really? Yeah, this old white against somebody who was Larry like, Bird? no, no. That accurate description. I don't know how old he is. Certainly tall, lumbering white. Yeah, Larry Bird is. This particular old old white seemed to be built more like, uh, I don't know, like Santa. He's like one of those. Uh, Jolly. A a jolly old white. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, AQ's lost a lot of weight. He would be old AQ. Michelin man AQ. Okay, okay. You learned your lesson. It was like a, uh, it was a, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Thank you. (laughs) Me, I was just let that fly by there. Tony, we settled this on Friday. Not anymore. I'm starting to see a pattern. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah, see me. I didn't care much for that comment about IQ. Oh, is that right? Even though he left, that's hockey talk in the dust. (laughs) Yeah, he's being a great dad. Yeah, okay. He was sleeping on job yesterday. I (laughs) said he's sleeping on job being a dad. Unbelievable. IQ was actually just talking shit about your shrugs on my IG story. Literally just look at this. Oh, are we we sure? That fat bastard. Bingo. (laughs) Thank you. What does that fat ass know about shrugs? Yeah, no. Yeah, that guy has no idea. Nah. What's his deal? Anyways, some halftime shows are very good. Some are very bad. The old white, who they said, like, um, it was obviously set up. Right. Yeah. They had an incredibly, like, a 24-year-old that was randomly selected mm. from the crowd, ah. had his group of friends that obviously he had left, and they put on the big screen, you know, these two will have a three-point shooting contest against each other. Who's your pick? And then, they, you know, they obviously. Yeah. So I'm... I'm rather high watching this game. I'm like, all right, what is about to take place here? <laughs> Fucking, I think 20 straight, maybe. Ooh. 17, 20 straight, or 17, oh. 20 straight. Boom, 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 boom. His max effort was an NBA three-point range. So as long as he's throwing it as hard as he can, it's going in every single time. I'm, we need more of that at the halftime of these yeah. games. Yeah. We need those, like Jordan Poole throwing a ball off of it and then doing another mm-hmm. thing. We need more of that. If Red Panda's not going to be out every single week in every single game doing her thing, we need a little bit more excitement at those halftime shows. Quick change, one of them passed away. Oh, Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot mean, about all that. All the great halftime performances of the NBA games are all kind of uh, disappearing. And 
We, we don't like that at no. all. That's part of the whole thing. Yeah. We need Jordan Poole to teach somebody how to do what the fuck he did yesterday in warm-up. That Whatever happened old. to those big inflatable mascot-type people that will bounce on their heads and eat each other? They wear those inflatable costumes and oh. bebop around. Yeah, they want to beat a foxy. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. That's a different... But you got to remember, halftime performance at the NBA game, that's like America's Got Talent. Yeah, need yeah. some explosivity. But also, yes, you do need some... Hey, you're keeping people... Right. 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Here. Exactly. AGT Extreme. What's that? AGT Extreme. Bingo. That's basically what's going on. I think when you start need to get some dope bikes. Yeah, the, uh, the NBA uses that, that chihuahua dog bad. a lot. That's what's what I'm that? saying. He's getting old, though. That's what we're saying. There's, yeah. there's only a few of them that are really there because it's not an easy gig. No. Uh-huh. 360 eyes on you. Yeah. Uh-huh. 360 eyes on you. Flawless. And you, you're on. you got to be on every single night because if not, somebody's getting you on camera, on your phone, mm-hmm. saying this person's the worst. That's what happened with Red Panda last yeah. That's right. And if you're going and doing a Pacers game, there's a good chance you're doing like a Bulls game and a Bucks game. You know, like you're – I mean, those guys are probably on the ro- high demand. Right? Yeah, rock star lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. They should do like the professional dunkers or like bring back like the and one guys and do like a three-on-three. There was a documentary, 30 for 30, the other day about uh, – Yeah, that's right. Mixtape. Uh, shit, I forget what it was called, but yeah, that was last Tuesday. They, uh, uh, hot sauce was trending. I oh, yeah. So uh-huh. I seen that hot sauce was trending. There was a picture of hot sauce and maybe the... The professor, maybe? The queen? Like, oh, they were talking about how... I was scrolling through there about how big the And One mixtape tour got. They mm-hmm. were everywhere. Bro. Oh, yeah. That was everywhere. I went to a game. Lost its luster, but the on TV, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, the DVD was awesome. Like awesome. The hour and a half documentary, pretty much, where it just followed them stop to stop. It was incredible. I'll never forget when I threw the ball under both of my legs. The first time, I thought I was the most athletic. <laughs> <in> the <world. laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I am the professor. Wait till and one comes to town. I'm going to play for that team. And then Escalade's going to roll me over. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Rest in peace. Let's go to some NFL news that happened over the weekend. Oh, I guess it's happening today. Uh, a Walmart Air. Mm-hmm. Bob Walton. Mm-hmm. Bob Walton is buying the Denver Broncos, allegedly. Whoa. Wow. I mean, Adam Schefter reports that there's no final finalized to this. Yeah. But Forbes is reporting. Bleacher Report's reporting. Florio's reporting. A lot of people are reporting that Bob Walton, an heir to the Walmart fortune, that has to be so much fun to have that as your title. Yeah. Think about how, how much fun that's going to be. Yeah. If you're just buying the Broncos for $4.5 billion in a blind bid, you put it up there, and then you're going to win it or whatever, you you now have an NFL team. Imagine what the day-to-day is with an heir to the Walmart fortune as your title. Bob Walton has had a good time, by yeah. yeah. Bob so. Walton has done basically anything whenever, however, yeah. for his the entirety of his life. Yeah, forever. Right. The amount of jet skis that this guy was able to just oh. get on at such a young age. Oh, fuck, Bob, go on. <laughs> go on, Bob. Think about that. Now, now obviously, Bob is an accomplished businessman himself, so I'm not saying this too, but maybe. I don't, I don't fucking know. He's buying the Broncos. That's a good business decision. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like he's probably a good business person. But being an heir to the Walmart fortune, what a fucking dinger. What a home yeah. run. Congrats to him. Yeah. Uh, congrats to his family for creating a store that, I mean, took over everything. Mm-hmm. Amazon's kind of come in and dunked on them, but Walmart's mm-hmm. trying to catch up to for what sure. Amazon's doing with yeah. the delivery service. But what Amazon is now, for those that don't understand, Walmart was for like 30 years. Yeah. And Walmart, didn't. it didn't matter. It was recession-proof because it didn't matter if they were able to sell anything because they would just sell the shelves, like real estate, to companies. So like companies would get good real estate, a good shelf uh, for the Walmart that's in every single town in America, basically. Yep. Uh, and there's everything there from, you know... Literally drills and saws to pools and yeah. guns. I mean, there's just Groceries. Ev- everything mm-hmm. that you could possibly want there. They would just sell the space as opposed to the products. 
So instead of having the overhead, they, the only overhead they had was the the aisles that more people would pay. So it was fucking masterclass yeah, of yeah. business Genius. just before mm-hmm. everybody else. Don't, doesn't matter if your product will sell or not to us. You're yeah, just paying right. for the shelf space anyways. Now, if you want more, cool. If you want us to sell it, cool. Make the deal. Let's do that thing. And there's some partnership. I know they own some of the stuff that was in there as well, but they were just brilliant to the next level. Just like Bezos is that everything get delivered to your house. All the money in the world the Waltons have had for a long time. And now there's one in the NFL, it looks like. And that's good news for the league, I yeah. think. Yeah, for sure. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, his sister is Stan Kroenke's wife, too. So, like, mm-hmm. they already... And I think... I mean, I know Kroenke, same deal, has been very successful in terms of what he's done business, but I think his net worth, large, a lot of that comes from her as well. So it's like, you know, I mean, more the better, really, for this Cousins. family. Cousins. Cousins. Yep. Okay. okay. So in the Walton family, family. Right. Kraft's wife, right, was the one that had all the money? Myra. So uh, in the book, The Dynasty, they actually explained it. Bob Kraft, like, bought... Uh, Myra's father's company, which was also like a packaging company, uh, I think in like the 70s or the 80s, and then he bought the team in the 90s. Oh, really? Yeah, so, so Kraft. Started his own company, and then that company got so big, he ended up buying Myra Kraft's uh, family's company. The way these people accomplish wealth is very fascinating. Yeah. You know, because if you just happen to pop out of the right, you know, birth canal, sure. I mean, there's, there's one. There's a lot of worries that those people will never have to have in their entire life that they will never understand. Now, there's a whole different world that comes about it, right? There's a mm-hmm. whole another set of you know, shit that comes with that particular yeah. lifestyle, but the ability to get day-to-day and never have to worry about a thing must be very fucking nice. And also just buy an NFL team. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. For like, Gronky's got like six teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gronky's got a team in the NHL. Uh-huh. He's got a team in the NFL. Yeah. He's got a team in the Premier League. NBA. I mean, NBA. I mean, he is just... So at all those Thanksgivings, Bob's like, I'm fucking sick of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, uh, what is Bob? Is Bob a direct descendant cousin? What is he? Yes, he is a direct c- descendant. He, um, he's the oldest of four children of Sam Walton, who founded Walmart. Oh, the eldest. Wow. So he's the, in good shape. The this prince. is con man. This yeah. Is, yeah. This. Yeah. His name is actually Samuel Robson. He goes by Rob. Sam. Sam. Sounds like it's Sam Walton. Sammy Walton. Well, which is his dad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sammy Walton. So Robson. Yeah, Nobody he... calls him Bob? Because that's for Robert. Samuel Robson. Robson. In quotes, Rob Walton. What a name. So Bobby Walton. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Walton, welcome to the NFL, pal. Yeah, for a bargain, it feels like. Welcome to the Thunderdome, pal. Yeah, $4.5 billion is allegedly what it will cost him uh, to buy the Denver Broncos, and it goes to the Bowling Trust. So the insiders all talked about how um, this one, this is what Rapport said, and this was awesome. And we got to remember that Rapport works for the NFL. Rapport said, now for the Broncos, they have to take the highest bid. Okay, because it's going to a trust, so the trust has to take the highest bid or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the we have to take the one who offers the most amount of money. It's like that's how every one of them is going to go, yeah. Because that's how business goes in this entire thing. But they expected multiple four and a half billion dollar offers on this particular Monday, in which it was to be sold today. And maybe that was just them drumming up bullshit. Maybe that was the Bowling Trust or whatever saying, oh, multiple people are going to be doing this, so maybe bid a little bit more. Allegedly, Robson Walton comes in at $4.5 billion and gets it. Congrats and welcome to the league. I can't wait to see what new money does to the NFL. Yeah, Connor mentioned it too. Like, I mean, we talked about it like off air a little bit. Like, it, I for sure thought that it was going to go for more than $4.5 billion. I feel like that is kind of like a bargain almost. Can we get a loan? Please. Maybe from this man, who is the head odds maker <laughs> at FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one 
sports book mm-hmm. in America. Hell so, yeah. And although we are in constant competition with this lad who is hilarious and very big brained, mm-hmm. he's a good conversation and we appreciate mm-hmm. him for that. Ladies and gentlemen, John Shearer. Yeah, What's going on? How are you doing, Pat? I'm okay, John. How are you? Really good, thanks. I think you got the wrong intro there. Somebody else on later or... I'm talking about you, John. <laughs> what happened to Clay yesterday? You guys mm. knew Clay was going to have a bad day. That's why everybody's parlays were just going to be fucked. Yeah, one for ten will not get it done from Clay Thompson. The guys actually are a little bit down on him. They don't think that he's been his old self this season. Obviously, he's shown glimpses of it, particularly in some of the games in the last series. But uh, we're a little bit down on him versus the rest of the market, for sure. John, whenever you hear something like the Van Gundy-Steve JV conversation on ESPN or on ABC last night about how there wasn't a technical, but Van Gundy was like, well, in any other game, this would be a technical. And then JV came on and said, well, with the how much time was left to score, it's the finals, the decisions that are being made in the calls and all that. Do you have to take that into account whenever you're trying to predict uh, NBA you know, books and odds and everything like that because of the history, the past, how reps have so much control. Is that something you guys dive into or no? Yeah, I think we're considering it, Pat, really, when you talk about the totals and you see the suppressed totals that we see from the regular season and the postseason. We know the refs let them play a decent bit more in, in the finals in particular. I think that's what we've seen so far. Uh, but you definitely see that contraction in the total points, which is all of that information, like you alluded to, that we have considered all the historics in terms of how it's played out in the past. Certainly something we spend a lot of time on. You guys focus on the refs because, like, for instance, in the NFL, whenever we find out the refs, I think it's Friday or Thursday of each week, or maybe it's Saturday. I don't remember exactly which day of the week. But there's always a run-through of what the refs, like, hey, this ref likes to do this, these refs like to do this. This is a big thing. You guys have to keep a close tab on all of that, right? Because the Celtics are 3-4 and 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 3-12. and 3-12 with one particular ref uh, calling their games. You guys look into that whenever you're setting the lines for everything, or you just try to stay away from it? Um, it's a good question, actually. We, we've had some conversations in the past about the impact of referees when they're announced, like you said, and you definitely will see some sharp money play into uh, the market, maybe not just necessarily with us, but into the market price in general when refs are announced. So there's certainly an edge to be had if you go and actually do the, you know, the research on each ref and their propensity to call fouls or you know, that's obviously the easiest way to assess it, but there's certainly an impact. Uh, we don't really spend a whole lot of time. It would take a lot of work for us to go and kind of tag each ref, try and watch the video, get the analysis. It, it all is done through actual video review and the people that are betting because of referees on totals. Uh, we find that you know we don't really get hit in the mornings when the refs are announced and then the market kind of corrects itself. So uh, plenty of people out there doing the short work for us. How many people on the NBA team putting together odds for the finals here? Um, pretty much all of them, to be honest. They all. Um, some of them are Celtics fans, though, so I find we're a little bit biased towards Boston. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah. How many though? How many people is that? Do we is you don't have to give me an exact. Is it tens? Not twenty. Yeah, there's probably ten of the guys. Obviously, the senior guys, the guys that have been trading it, like I said before on the show for ten, fifteen years, they'll take ownership of the finals in particular and express their opinions where where they think that they make a difference, and that's unfortunately on the Celtics this time around. Um, that's fast. So it is people we are battling against whenever we're trying to make these bets. It felt like for a while you guys were putting up boosts that were hitting like a lot. The boosts were almost 
maybe the most sure bet you guys yeah, had yeah. on the entire book there for a bit. You guys were getting real hot. How do you pick what's boosted, and what do you try to stay away from in that? Honestly, I think it depends on um, the day, what what's on, what people are betting on. We certainly try to boost the most topical. You know, you're not boosting, you know, loonies points in the game, for example. It's always Tatum. It's always Curry. They're the pe- things that people want to bet on. Uh, so we try and appeal to what's topical, um, you know, what people are focused on, and, and also try and oh. offer a bit of value. Like, Isn't we're that not out convenient, there John? Oh, get wow. like, hey, let's just get right into it. Last night's boost. Yep. Tatum and Steph to both score 30. How many did Steph have after three quarters? 29 points. How many did Tatum have after three quarters? 28 points. How many minutes did they play in the fourth quarter? Combined zero. How'd you know? Huh? How'd you know? John? We just have a direct line. Steph said it would be over after three quarters and you wouldn't see him again. And luckily, that's what yeah, happened. Some people. <laughs> no, but whenever you see something like that happen, I assume you guys are ecstatic. I, you would have to be whenever the fourth quarter starting and it's like, oh, neither of the guys are playing. Hmm. Oh, isn't that – oh, we perfectly put – this is the perfect boost right there at third. Like that's a dream for the book, right, for that to happen? It, honestly, it is, but like – that's not the way that we try and think about it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're not sitting there looking to try and, you know, win all of these boosts. The boosts are offered, honestly, you know, with genuine good faith. We want oh. people to have a good experience. We want to give them a bit of value. It was but it sure is nice when it goes our way. What was the other boost, John? I didn't see it. Connor, what was the other boost? No I idea. It was uh, Clay Thompson to have five three-pointers. Oh, was it? Yeah, I believe oh, so. Oh, is that yeah. right? Was it, was it made five or attempts? <laughs> Definitely wasn't attempts, John. What's your deal? What's your deal? And also, Horford, what's he so gun-shot for? The guy yeah. attempting no shots after having 26. That's your fucking guy. Uh, every other game. He's going to have a huge one on Wednesday. Oh, wow. Uh, all right. Let's move on uh, to other sports. I know the boys will have questions for you. Maybe dabble back into the NBA. But I want to ask you this. You might have answered this in the past, and I apologize. Um, but whenever you guys do futures bets on, let's say, NFL teams' win totals or their odds to win the Super Bowl or anything like that, and something happens, like for instance, the Walton family's about to buy the Broncos. Does that change anything for you, do you think, in the Broncos' eyes? You know, when the commander signed Carson Wentz, zero movement. Uh-huh. No. Zero movement at all. Whenever the Broncos signed Russell Wilson, movement. How you doing keeping moving? What do you pick how do you guys pick and choose what matters and what doesn't matter to a team in winning and, and moving on and moving the numbers? Honestly, I just think it's it's the upgrade, right? Russell Wilson's an incredible player, an incredible upgrade in Denver. They've got a lot of the supporting pieces around him. Uh, really good defense, probably underachieved in the last couple of years. And when you go and get Russell Wilson, it's not just Russell Wilson. It's who else, you know, who, who else is going to be attracted by playing with him. And I think it's also the intention of the team that you can read into as well. So for that reason, Russell's an easy one for us to make a big upgrade, a big r- jump in our ratings on quarterback play expected from the Denver Broncos. And I think you saw that reflected in the movement. Carson Wentz is shot, right? I mean, that guy, you know, he was barely serviceable in Indy. Oh, now you see him there. He's a good guy. He's trying his best, but he's not he's going to make guy. a difference. So therefore, Washington, stay where they are. He's a good lad. He tries his best. <laughs> Jesus! A bit like he's a bit like you, Pat. Oh! Oh, I'm undefeated in WrestleMania. Fuck off! (laughs) Um, But is there anything that could potentially happen off the field that would change the way, like the Browns right now? 
Whenever you're trying to, and I don't know if you guys even have any win totals, I think, for the, I don't think you guys have released win totals for the Browns yet, but the Deshaun Watson situation is continuing to grow and get bigger, I think, than we could have ever imagined maybe a month ago when we thought this was over. His uh, lawyer, Rusty Harden, goes on the air and is now being quoted in more people's uh, allegations against Deshaun Watson from his radio clip and the NFL allegedly concluded its investigation but we don't know what it's going to do there's a lot uh, to take in there how do you judge that and how do you not just get it completely wrong and lose a shit ton of money for FanDuel whenever you're projecting something like that I think we do sometimes right we, we can't be across the inner workings of what's happening with Deshaun and you know, they're two to one joint favorites now for the division. That's clearly with him at quarterback. They would not be in that position without him. Um, so there's an opportunity there. If you think Deshaun Watson is not going to be a full participant this season, I would strongly suggest having a look at the AFC North outright betting as quickly as you can because, you know, if he's not there and he's not a quarterback, then, you know, they're not no longer a two to one shot. So the short answer is we get these things wrong all the time. We only have the information that you have that's available in the public domain. We don't have any inside information like you're able to get given your NFL um, history. We, we just can't get that information. So we oh, certainly get plenty. Oh, oh, woe is me. Yeah. Oh, we <laughs> care. Everybody knows more than us. Yeah. We win. You, 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 you were the man with the, uh, with the ball in the Super Bowl. You made a big change to how we think about pricing that. You had that inside information, for example. Wow, that was... That has been good to us, but the coin toss has been pretty fucking ruthless yeah, towards me at that Super Bowl. You know, I get that year-end review of my bets things, and uh feels like that Super Bowl heads, heads tails thing really shows up there every year. Yeah. God damn it. Do, how do you price that? You Do you guys uh, do you flip the coin like 100 times at the office and just figure it out? Yeah, there's two of us standing here throwing coins at each other. to figure out how many times it'll be heads or tails. All right, Ty's got a question for you. Thanks, John. John, over the last few days, I've been starting to look at some of the uh, cricket lines because the yeah. games are happening so early in the morning, and I kind of want to, you know. Oh, is this like a wake-up ping-pong type yeah, situation? Yeah, very similar. Um, is there any value in that because there's so little volume, I'm assuming, being placed on these games, or is it the kind of thing where you guys are actually, you got a couple cricket sharps over there. Like, I, I don't really understand any of it so i don't know how i'd go about <laughs> betting it but like do you think there's any type of uh, advantage there i heard you spoke about your record tie when mike was on how, how's your record of betting on fandu gone so far oh good not bad yeah, yeah. um so cricket uh, i wouldn't bet on cricket if your record is good i mean i i, I don't even know what's happening with cricket i mean it's it, it, the pri the lines are pretty sharp, right? There's actually a lot of international volume that goes into those markets, so you'll find that they're pretty efficient. So mm. I don't think you'll find Sucker an edge there, particularly if you don't yeah. understand the sport. Good to know. Like <laughs> Hi, it's great to know for all of us here in America that are waking up in the morning and just got a little bit of an ish to put 10, yeah. 10 bucks on something Ooh. we have never heard of. Awu Hob plus 320. You kidding me? <laughs> Point score? Give me a player, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a stick. Yeah. The guy's got a pitch. Yeah, he might be a pitcher too. We, yeah, yeah, who knows? knows? Boston Wickets. Good player, though. You, I don't know if you guys could track this or saw this there was uh, quite an uptick i assume in uh ping pong betting in the morning there was there was like a one month run mm -hmm. where i was waking up in the morning and i was betting handsomely on these ping pong games just because i wanted to wake up with a positive let me go ahead and make this bet maybe five ten points left i'm gonna go plus 170 yep Let's fucking go, Will. You Find know? the surf. Big, big bet on that. I'm going to go take a shit, a shower, 
I'm gonna come back. This thing's gonna be over. Lost again. Can't lose tomorrow again. Every for like two weeks straight, I was just betting on shit I didn't know. It sounds like that is you guys sitting in the <laughs> poker room in Vegas at like 3 a.m. when all the drunks come into the poker room and all the people that actually understand poker are sitting there waiting to just take all of the money from all the drunks. Is that what all the bullshit sports are on FanDuel for you guys? Like you guys are just sitting there like, come on in, come on. Oh yeah, bet on cricket, this is fun. Sure. You've never heard of it, come on in. Oh, ping pong, you don't even know who that person is. Come on in, we don't either. That's what I think you're gonna try to give away, but that's not the case at all, right? No, that's 100% not the case, Pat. It's uh, an opportunity for someone to have a bet. As you said, it's always on. Uh, plenty of content there for people to bet on. Designed to be completely recreational. Somebody to come in, have a small wager, watch the game. It's over in 10 minutes, on to the next one. That's really all that's behind it. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like... Uh, when you go completely defeated in something, you obviously have to blame the person you're competing against for cheating. And it sounds like with what you just said about cricket, yeah, that was the case. Don't bet on ping pong either. Go ahead, Connor. <laughs> yeah, John, how closely are you guys monitoring like trade or free agency kind of scenarios? Like, for instance, when A.J. Brown got traded during the draft, you immediately go and change their odds to win the division, the Super Bowl, and all those things. And then even with the NBA free agency, uh, DeAndre Ayton, the guy that you actually fucked us all over with with his over in points, yeah. if you remember correctly. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> You, um, yep. John, that yeah, was you. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty messed up. He also missed it by half a point. But, uh, <laughs> like, are you watching that, especially now that the rumors are he's not going to Phoenix and you're kind of, as soon as he signs, you got to change the odds for that team as well? Uh, yeah, we're certainly monitoring all that super closely. Like you said, the key players, key skill positions in the football, obviously seeing what's happening in the NBA, you know, where these players are going to end up makes a decent amount of difference. The only thing I would say is, in general, people tend to overvalue Outside of quarterbacks in football, they certainly overvalue wide receivers and running backs. And you know, you, you should see very little movement in those lines from our side once those people change. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton's kind of the same. He's not going to make a huge difference to Phoenix chances next season. Uh, they'll obviously need to fill that hole. And can they fill that with somebody as talented as him? The suit the system may be better. It might actually be net positive for the Suns, I would say. Draft night, you guys just have a group text when A.J. Brown gets traded? Are you all in the office or you just say, fuck it, I'm changing it myself? How's that go? Yeah, I mean, most of the time it's the guys, honestly. Like, I'm watching all of that stuff, but the vast majority of the guys, the, the guys are here in the office you know, waiting for that breaking news, understanding what the implications of all the trades are. You know, trying to trade that in real time is really difficult, right? Every pick, we traded it live here in New Jersey. We were allowed to offer two picks down the line. So after the first pick went, we were on to pick four and so on. Uh, trying to understand the implications of each pick on what was going to happen two or three picks later was a lot of fun and one that was really difficult for us to make any money. We actually lost a lot of money on the draft. This yeah! Year. yeah gotcha. That's why it's a draft spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's one of the reasons why it's such a big night for all of us. Go ahead, Tone Diggs. John, how much do people love betting streaks? Like, I assume, did you guys make a, well, it was hockey, but did you guys make a bunch when the Lightning's 19-0 after a lost streak came to an end? Like, Angels, I think, are an 11-game losing streak. Like, do you see more money come in when people start hearing about these streaks? Yeah, really good question. Spot on tone. Like every that a baby time. tone. Oh, <laughs> There's a first time for everything, right? Um, <laughs> ah, John. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Jeez. I'm sorry. It's an easy shot. No, you're not. Um, narratives are huge in America. Honestly, I've never in seen it. It's, it. it's not really the same in Europe. You see it to a certain extent, but people want to get on hot runs. They want to bet the teams that are winning, and you're exactly right. The likes of the Angels will get opposed until they do something to change that. 
Um, I would say it's harder in hockey because we just see so much money for the Rangers around here to kind of understand what the impact of them, you know, winning eight uh, off the back of a loss in the postseason, 18 off the back of a loss in the postseason really meant just because we saw that money for the Rangers. But I would say you're 100% right. Rangers up 2-1 over the Tampa Bay Lightning, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> Last night win 3-2, 48 seconds left, bury one home at home. Huge. In the home of the storm, the Lightning down oh, in Tampa Bay. Right. What arena? What's that arena called? Amelie? Amelie. Amelie. Hey, I just seen a guy walk in the back there while you were talking. Uh, shorts and a T-shirt. Is that day-to-day operations over there? The 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 odds makers are chilling. A lot of tank tops over there. Hoodies. Everybody in suits. What's the day-to-day like for somebody that's an odds maker for FanDuel? Yeah, a lot of shorts this time of year. It gets so humid in, in Jersey City where we're all based here, Pat. That yeah, lots of shorts and T-shirts. What I would say is if you could send, you know. Maybe smaller than one than the one you have, but if you could maybe send like Certainly. ten or twelve of those tank tops, I'm sure we could do it for a special on one day. Hey, no problem at all. I'll send you guys the link. You can buy them off yeah. Amazon. Yeah, yeah no, you've winner. taken enough. All right, I don't need to. All right, I don't what need about, to. What about the chains? Can we get them as well? Well, this particular one, a little bit more than the one that I've been rocking in the past. But yeah, I'll send you the link for this one as well. Follow up. Uh, what is? What do they have to bet? Do you fire anybody? How does that go? If you if they just stink. If you if you're making odds for us and you continually stink, we just have the ability to get rid of you. How do the contracts work? Do you have to continue to be above sixty five percent, seventy percent, or is it a team thing and you just don't fit on the team? How do you go about adding talent or losing talent, knowing if you lose somebody, they're coming for your ass, right? That person is coming to bet against you now forever, I'd assume. Yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, look, the truth of the matter is you. you before you're allowed to express your opinion, you've got to be able to prove that you know, you're know you good at what you're doing. It's not like taking you in here and you know you getting on a hot street of picking four winners in a row, and then all of a sudden we're letting you loose. You're assessed on you know your closing line value, how you perform against where the market closes. Uh, and we do that and build their confidence and, and expertise up over time. And once they've kind of illustrated that they've shown the propensity to be able to do it, then they get the opportunity to express their opinion. And as an odds maker, from my perspective, that's all I ever wanted, Pat, was the opportunity to be able to express my opinion in our pricing and make a difference uh, positively to our company from that perspective. We want people to look at the line and say, everybody else is four on the game. Why are they only three and a half? And that's kind of where we want to get to in the end. So there, that's going to become a very, I mean, not that it isn't now, but that's going to become a job that people are desiring to have here as sports gambling gets bigger and bigger. Being the odds maker is a massive title, I think, that people will take as a massive badge of honor. Will you guys continue to grow or is there will it just remain the certain group, you think? Like for... Every casino that's been cooking or not cooking, sorry, that sounds that's <laughs> negative. But for every casino that's been making odds, is there only a certain amount of people that have been doing it for a whole time? How many people you think can actually be professionals at this as we go forward? Uh, uh, there are huge opportunities in the space, Pat. I mean, we're like growing so fast. The business is just on an incredible trajectory. We're only in 15 states right now. I mean, think about this in 10 years' time, and the business will be multiples the size that it is right now. And Every one of those small decisions, be it a half a point out on a total or on a spread, is just going to make such a big difference that you're right. There's a huge opportunity. I would say the team will expand massively. We already have. When I came back here in 2018, there was two of us sitting in a broom cupboard, cupboard upstairs, and now there's 50 guys on the ground here. And yeah, we'll continue to go over time, undoubtedly. Connor, you'll never get that job. No. Maybe you, though, Ty. No, never. If you stay away from fucking cricket. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> 
Come on over, Ty. No, 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 don't do it. Now, John, um, I think the last 10 times you've given us a recommended bet. Uh, yeah. They've all lost. They've yeah. lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about today? You know, we, don't, we like streaks here in America. We lost, by a, we lost by a half a point on DeAndre Ayton, who went over in both games either side of that. What was, like that first word? what was that first word after the we there? I don't know. Lost. 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 Sorry. Lost. You don't, want, you don't want pictures on a scorecard. I get it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, just show me the goddamn sausage. Yeah. Okay, at the end. I don't yeah. want to know how close, how it came about. Give me the sausage at mm -hmm. the end. Do we got a winner lay or not, John? Do you have a winner lay for us or not? I don't have anything today. This guy oh, stinks! Come on! John, I'm sick Thanks of it! Thanks a lot, buddy. This was such a good call, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah He's it in shorts over there. I Jersey know. City. Yeah. Having a time telling us not to. Hey, don't fucking go wandering into the poker room that is cricket. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. You don't know anything. That's, that's our world, basically. Just don't do it. Now we thought maybe we'd get a winner because, you know, the last 10, John, have been... Just L, 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 you know? And it doesn't seem to happen that way for the sports book every single day. They're just winning, 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 winning. How's that work, John? Seems like you're against us. Are you against us? A hundred percent. It's honestly, it's us. It's us. It's me or you. Someone's got to, someone's got to fall. Fuck. AJ Hawk, someone's got to die. Yeah. Well, it's going to be used. I didn't want to take it that far. AJ is a bit dramatical, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he has no bets today. Maybe next time, though. Let's get a winner, huh? Yeah, 100%. I, I do like the Warriors outright. I'm, I'm surprised. Go it's, to hell. It's, it's his pick -em. And we're obviously biased towards Boston. A couple of the guys behind me are going to start throwing things at me now. Good. But uh, I'm going with the Warriors. I, I think the signs are bad for Boston. Oh, Thank you, guys. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, head easy, odds maker. He's been over 10. We yeah. love trends in America. Boston's <laughs> maybe the most American place there's ever been, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, that's basically. The they can't also, lose now. It's also one of the most Irish places, too. I don't know why John's oh, doing wow. this. Oh, yeah. A lot of Irish up there. A lot yeah. of Irish. You don't like the, the whole leprechaun I, thing? Yeah. Sure, yeah. I, I love leprechauns. Shamrocks? Shamrocks? You don't like shamrocks? And then a... Yeah, Guinness beer? Potatoes. What was your deal? Yeah, that yeah, kind of the Celtics thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you hate Ireland. I do. <laughs> uh, what, what is this descending into? Do you actually? Is this real? <laughs> no, of course I don't. Jesus. I'm the most patriotic person in the room. I guess not. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's go Celtics. Ah, Ladies and gentlemen, John Sheeran. What a Guy's had his nose to the grindstone. His ear to the ground. Mm. His eyes peeled because this guy knows soccer inside and out. College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, A.J. Hall. A.J., what did you learn from the United States soccer team yesterday that made you go, you know what, them boys are going to win the soccer lordo. So... You said 94 minutes, so we had four minutes of overtime play? Well, that was just in the second half. It might have been 98, depending upon how many minutes were added in the first half of the game. Oh, wait. They add, Do they put them on towards the end? They, they pack them on at the end, though. No, first half has extra time as well. Boom. Only counted as 45 in the books. Second half oh. does the same thing. So it could have been four at the first half, four in the second half, 98 minutes in total, zero goals, three shots against the United States of America. I have, Sean Johnson looks like he's a guy. 
Okay, looks like he's an absolute yeah, stud. Uh-huh. Love his confidence. Hit some big balls off of his foot. He's 30-something years old. Hasn't got a chance to play a lot. He's ready to go. Three shots. Shut up. Jesus. Three shots. Quite a quite a cagey match, huh? I guess is that so, is that what soccer people like to see? Like I don't know. I got attacked for saying hashtag soccer here zero zero. But, <laughs> but Ted and Val passed out. You know who made up the word soccer to describe the sport? I thought it was us. Who was it? Somebody back in England, way back in the day. No well, way. Well, you know well. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't us. Huh. Interesting. So it was actually soccer was called soccer before it even came over here, I believe. Okay. Hmm. I think. <laughs> I think. I'm not 100% sure Sounds about right. that. It's tough to get into, though, whenever that type of shit happens. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, mandatory minicamp, AJ. Here we go. How about it? He didn't want to get fined a certain amount of money. Who knows what it is? He told us during uh, the draft spectacular he'd be there for the mandatory minicamp. He's going to take his time figuring himself out, making sure he gets himself right. He had to win a match, obviously. His arms look like Tom Brady's here, but he appeared to be in incredible shape at the match. What do you think is happening at this mandatory minicamp for Aaron Rodgers? And were you surprised by this, A.J. Hawk? Well, didn't he tell us that he's going back for minicamp? Yes, but it was breaking. Somebody used it as breaking news this morning. That's right. Well, you know what my question would be? I know a lot of what coaches had done in the past. This is pre-COVID and everything. I don't know if you experienced this or not. I think uh, at least two or three times our minicamp, because we got so much work done in OTAs, we would do maybe one day of minicamp, and then they would call off the last two days or so, or even the last day. I wonder if they had that scheduled. Now Aaron's there. Okay, we gotta we gotta make all the we gotta make the best of it, get all the reps. All right. So I wonder if all the guys gotta stay an extra day and a half because Aaron came back. Who's the rookie wide receiver, Christian? Christian Watson. All right, Christian. This is what the wide receiver coach is telling Christian. Who's the wide receiver coach? Do we know? Ah, fuck it. Christian. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, when Aaron gets here, okay, remember what we worked on. Okay, this is what the wide receiver coach is telling Christian. Please, fucking God, when you run that, stick it. That's what this is for all those coaches, I bet. You know, because Aaron's coming in. He knows exactly how the play's supposed to be. He probably helped design it alongside LaFleur. This has been LaFleur in the coach's time to get the young guys up to, like, where they're at. A judgment, almost, before training camp on how much they know, how much they don't know. Remember, these OTAs, you're, they walk on it. No ball was allowed on the field for, like, two weeks. You're not allowed to have a jog in your step. Like, there's no pep in your step allowed. It has to be an actual walkthrough. Offense is only with offense. Then you do another meeting, and then there's a little bit of a ramp-up period where you're allowed to jog at this particular point. Then a ball is allowed to be in there. So it is like Green Bay Packers offense 101, then Green Bay Packers offense 101.1, then Green Bay Packers off, and then now minicamp happens. I would assume that the coaches – we're just hoping to God that their coaching was good enough for Aaron to come in and be like, great work. You know what I'm saying? That's something yeah, they're I, actually thinking about, I bet. You would imagine, you would think those coaches, yeah, running the receivers, tight ends, even the running backs, whoever, like anyone on the offense, you want your position to be squared away when the big guy gets back in town and, and gets under center. <laughs> imagine Aaron going in there, making a check or whatever, you know, the running back not knowing what the fuck to oh. do. What the fuck? This guy out of here. Get How is out. this guy? Aaron doesn't even look at the player. He just looks at his coach. Do we not teach him? What? <laughs> when is this? Next week? This over. <laughs> and then they're done. And then they leave in a day and a half. And that coach has to sit there for the next six weeks. Oh, man. Listen, sending text messages to that guy. Did you see the look I got? Because you wouldn't line up next to him in that pistol? That's a real thing. Like, training camp. I remember, um, who's that dude from Buffalo? He was part of a 30 for 30. J-Mac, 
the kid that came in and shot and lit up for like oh, 30 yeah. points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You remember him? He was Buffalo High School equipment manager for his basketball team. Mm-hmm. Then senior night, he got to go in. J-Mac, and he put up 30. He just like yeah. got in fuego from three-point. He became friends with like Tony Dungy through an event. So then he was at our training camp for like the first couple of years I was there. And he had this electrifying Peyton Manning impression. Electrifying Peyton Manning impression. It was awesome. And one of the things was that was in his impression was like, come over here, Austin, basically, which was Austin Collie. And it was Peyton just base, disappointed with Austin, like throughout training camp. Yeah. Like, now you're fucking over here. Dude. Like, all right, you're you're over here. That's probably what this mini camp is right now. With Aaron and everybody, welcome back. He's not the only quarterback, by the way, that is showing up at OTAs for the first time. Now, although it'll be chatted about more than anybody else, Kyler Murray's back in the building. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, we assume he's going to be in there for the mandatory stuff. Tom Brady's going to be there for the mandatory stuff. Now football feels like it's even closer uh-huh. than ever. Here we go. Connor, how many days are we? 94 days, Pat. We're right there. Here we go. How many days until camp opens? Come on, Connor. Uh, Fucking do well, it. Here we go. Quick math. I think well, it's 30. It? How many days is it before then? 17 days is the team? I don't know. When is the uh, Hall of Fame game? August. Like August a, 4th. Yeah, like two months. Yeah, but so they probably all. Probably like seven or ten before that. Yeah, but they all, every team has a certain amount of days that are allowed before the game, right? That's why the Hall of Fame game stinks because that game is extended. Your days are extended three days before everybody else. Well, first year head coaches, don't those teams? A week earlier. Yeah, so like to the OTAs. Raiders, Miami. That's OTAs. Yeah, oh, yeah not okay, camp. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't think, yeah, because that's a whole new thing. Well, didn't they want to make like the first day of camp like a midnight madness type thing? Wasn't that a what? conversation last year? I don't know. It wouldn't be for the Thursday night game, though. It would okay. be for everybody on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those. What do you mean, like midnight madness? For somebody practice? look this up. This they is a thing that is up. out there. How yeah. many? That's days? like high school does. High school does Friday night lights like their first exactly. day of pads. Sometimes they'll do it at midnight. Like at least in Ohio, they do. That's awesome. That's everybody playing on the same day. Thursday is three days before. I assume those teams are going three days before mm-hmm. everybody else is. Then the Hall of Fame game has a, how many days before the first game are teams allowed to report? Oh, the first preseason. There's an actual day. I remember this because we did the Hall of Fame game. Then we you had a game. Look on, up reporting dates, can't you? They're not out yet. Oh, but we can do the math right now. I mean, we can figure yeah, this out. Yeah, look at last year's. So we had Hall of Fame game, Thanksgiving Day game, Christmas Eve game, Jeez. New Year's Day game, same season. <laughs> I retired after that. I retired after that. <laughs> <laughs> I retired after that. Hey, done. All right. In here longer, every single day. Got another surgery. Man, this guy hates me. I'm fucking working for I hate him, too. Like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Seems like the universe is telling me not to do it. So it's a certain amount of days, though. But those Thursday night games, obviously reporting before then. I feel like we're close, AJ, oh, aren't yeah. we? We're yeah, the, close. Like, this like mandatory minicamp crept up on me. I feel like, yeah, it does. It has seemed like this offseason has, at times, to, to drag along. But now that they're going to mandatory minicamp, I'm like, okay. Like, is, as far as a play, in a player's mind, you're like, all right, the countdown pretty much begins right after this. Yeah, you got to be in shape now. Like, now you got to get into, you know, a little bit of shape. Yeah, you're going back. Like, hey, I'm going back. I'm not going back for OTAs. I'm going back to strap it up and crack skulls for seven months. Well, yeah, and then, you know, this mandatory OTAs thing, the mandatory minicamp, this was a conversation that Aaron Rodgers had coming out of the COVID, and I don't think he was the only one. Without the mandatory minicamp and then a month off and then training camp, so you go from OTAs, which is walk, 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 uh, kind of go. Then you go into mandatory minicamp, which is you know a little bit more high impact. And then you're off for a month and a half. 
And then you go back into training camp, and it's just, here we are, we're way back in there. A lot of the older guys, I think, said their bodies you know, don't react necessarily well to the month and a half off after going full go and then down and then back up. That's why the COVID ramp up where they extended training camp, like what, three weeks? OTAs was right into training camps mm-hmm. and then training camp went into the season. You heard like a lot of the older players say, we like this a lot more. They're talking about this, what's happening right now. How many days is this? Three days? Uh, yeah, usually I think you have three practice days. I thought it was during a weekend. This one's happening on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think it was always – wasn't it always a weekend? I don't know. Uh, when I first got in the league, I think it was on the weekend, and then it kind of changed. Just moved to regular weeks. It doesn't I matter. I think I went – because it was always a short week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the coach sometimes would let you go Tuesday after practice, no meetings or whatever, and you get a full day and a half extra. That'd be awesome. We had uh, Chuck cut off the last day of minicamp one time because we had 99.9% attendance through – voluntary minicamp OTAs and everything. And then mandatory minicamp, the only person we were waiting on was hurt and couldn't do anything. So Chuck was like, all right. The only reason why we were going to do this was for this guy. This guy can't even run right now, so we are out of here. That's why you just got to hope everybody shows up in health, in good shape. Aaron looked good at the he did. Oh, yeah. He did. He looked absolutely Is he throwing yoked. a rock at this thing? Does he normally throw the ball around at mandatory minicamp? Or uh, I think so, but it's been a couple years since he's been there, I feel like. So I, Is he going to throw at this, AJ? I, I, I mean, I would imagine he, with a I bunch of new guys. Back, I don't know. You think he flew back into town to sit there and just do handoffs? Yeah, like, probably not. But didn't you say he never throws the ball in the offseason? Like in the offseason as in, I think, like when he's on his free time. When he goes back to Green Bay, I don't think he ever sits there and has, like, non-throwing days. Maybe during camp he does. Are those guys fucking wheeling out the net? Are we about to get a net shot out of here? Is that happening Probably doing that right now. Tim Odie's probably wheeling that sucker right there and doing a little dance when he drains his first one. Everybody keep your eyes peeled Uh (laughs) for a ball traveling 50 to 60 yards into a net that is the size of a basketball hoop. That's right. He sees that. With no backboard. Mm -mm. No. Oh, I can't wait. It's coming. I'm excited now. I can't wait. That's what mini. That's what training camp becomes, basically, with him. It's like, oh, how many balls can he throw in the nets from how far away? And then last year it was, is Jordan Love going to attempt to throw a yeah. football yeah. in the same net? No, he is not. Well, they did him dirty very early last year, where he rolled out and you know missed the yeah. entire target, and then yeah. we didn't see a whole lot of Jordan Love no. clips for the rest of the. Uh, uh, which reminds us, let's make sure these social media teams are attempting to make the players that they represent look as good as possible. Please. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the Miami Dolphins to a situation, which Peter King has elaborated on with some pro football focused stats Ooh. and everything like that. That was a full conversation. Tua has answered, and they put out another video in which he looks. Fa- psh, psh. He did a uh, chip diamond mm-hmm. psh, psh, right here uh, in his press conference, which I absolutely love. Then Denver Broncos put out the behind the scenes uh, of the. Sweet. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Everybody thinks it's awesome. That's why we talked about it. That's why it's getting quoted in articles. And we're getting texts from people around the fucking league talking about it because of how sweet it was. All right. That's obviously something. The NFL. Okay. At NFL. Bronco country. At NFL. Okay. The league. The fucking league. Roger Goodell. Yes. That's right. Posted something this weekend about what they did to the rookies at this rookie showcase that every rookie is kind of forced to go to, and they just achieve their dream. Mm-hmm. I'm in the NFL. Now somebody who's acting as if they are the NFL says, hey, let me take a photo of you. Then it turns out it's a video, so everybody just looks like a bunch of fucking slapdicks uh-huh. standing there, you know what I mean? But the way it was worded from the NFL account, 
I asked these players to stand here for a photo and didn't tell them it was a video just to see how long they would stand for. Well, you're the fucking NFL. Jesus. Yeah. These dudes are going to stand forever. They're at your fucking showcase. Just, you know, I don't love this whole anything is content these days. Looking some, making some people potentially look like, yeah, shit or a stooch. I don't love it, AJ. I do not love it. I mean, I don't get, so this is like their attempt at being very funny? I don't know. Look, some of them are still posing, and the way it was set up was. Like, I mean, they're lucky these guys have good personalities, and they they mean well, and they're they excited kept, to be there. Like yeah. this is dumb. NFL well, they just kept going. It's like, all right, NFL, no fucking shit. You don't yeah. understand the power you wield yeah. when you say we are the NFL. They'll do whatever you want. Whatever you really, want, they're putting it's on the first their, time. Yes, the first they, time in their life, they're wearing their their NFL uniform. Their dream. They're gonna stand there for three days if you tell them. If you tell whatever the fuck you look, they're dressing up in the middle of a stadium, traveled to do this in their full gear, doing whatever. The Macro looks super cool in the video. <laughs> as did Aiden Hutchinson. His head looked. Gigantic. That yeah, guy needs a triple XL helmet, I bet. Aiden Hutchinson. He's going to bring the wood. But they would stand there forever, NFL social media person. Which then leads me to this one. A Madden. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Jesus. All right. Madden, Madden social team put out a 420p update of what the next Madden uh-huh. is going to look like. And they were like, oh, look at this. Obviously, immediately buried. This had to be a new social person that has never worked with Madden before mm-hmm. and didn't understand all of the things that are said <laughs> about Madden. They, I honestly, I used to watch my brother and his friends play Madden. This looks like the same game they played like 15 years ago. Yeah. Super Nintendo. It looks like on Super Nintendo back when I played. Yeah, so obviously this, Connor texted me. It's a good cut. It is great that's, cut. That's actually yeah, new. Use your hard cut. So <laughs> no big deal. It's a good cut. It gets you out of there. That's a 360 cut you're able to do. But it looks the exact same or whatever, and a couple missed tackles, which people would say isn't very realistic. But Connor texts me immediately and goes, we need Charles Davis on the show this week so we can ask him about <laughs> this new video. It's like, because some social member decided to post a clip of this, Charles Davis has to get buried for it? I don't think so, Connor. No, I don't want to bury Charles Davis, but I want to ask, like, who's the dipshit who thought he reinvented the wheel and just put out the same exact game that they've been doing for the last this five is the years. social media degree problem yes we are currently in the middle of it and this sounds like we would never be the people that would call it out because we are internet people but i think that's why we are calling it out like hey not everything has to be content like you don't have to bury people for your content you can do it in a different fashion this is your fault foxy Fox. oh hey actually i had the opportunity to get a social media degree, I said, no, no, no. That has to be absolutely pointless. And to this day, I'm pretty proud of that. Well, hey, way to go. Hey, nice hey, job, Foxy. Foxy. What do you do? Are you good at running Twitter? Yeah, you just got a, you got a good feel for things that are happening. How does someone teach you that? How? Yeah. It's tough to teach, like, awareness. That's kind of what you're teaching. Well, the NFL one, posting that and being My like, God. yeah, we did Wait, it. and then with the little, the on the thing, I wait for it. Okay, let me wait for it. And then he says, oh, is this a video? Oh, okay. And then somebody put in there, I think it was another account, like, got him? Like, no shit. (laughs) You're the fucking NFL. You're dealing with the best athletes on world, and that's what you come up with. Like, you could do some awesome stuff. Very true. I mean, Which they're trying, though. Hey, at least they tried. They did the cry face. That's that's what doesn't make sense. The cry Cry face face filter. Yeah, Yeah, that's layers. Cry face, good feel. Good feel for what's Mm -hmm. going on. Followed it up with. What do they do? Like they just put the cry face filter on they the put, people. They put your face after Connor called you fat. I didn't do that though. <laughs> right. so. Exactly. On everybody's. No, we on got to the bottom. Yeah, that. that's the new filter. That was you two. Did you two actually apologize yet? 
Well, Tony actually already said this in the first hour. It was yeah. He took a uh, weekend to think about it, and yeah. while you were fucking up there on a fake lake, no, 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 yeah, yeah. in an all black suit, that's listen. right, outdoor wedding, <laughs> middle of the summer, that's right. Con- uh, Diggs was thinking about, it, and he was like. He did call me that. That fucking guy was the Well, actually, no. I brought up A.Q. Shipley. Then we got to the bottom of it that A.Q. Shipley was actually being a dirtbag. Said that, you know, (laughs) you're not even doing drugs, right? And, you know, on Friday, Diggs did say that both of you owe an apology. It sounds like you guys didn't apologize. I never said that. You kind of did. You did. Oh, yeah, no. it started a full thing. <laughs> Verbatim. Yeah, but I never said I wanted an apology. Well, yeah, kind of. It was in the conversation. Just like he said, in the vein of broken down bodies, there was an apology conversation that was happening where you pointed blame at I me Because I respect you guys. I don't respect anyone who apologizes for anything. The person. Respect. Is that a Dwayne Johnson shirt? Yeah. Project Rock, dude. Yeah. Get yeah. with it. He was Look fucking. you, Diggs. Except for the NFL. They should apologize because this is going to lead to hazing. If they think we could haze at the highest level. Kids are going to be getting fucking swirlies and, and. This is the Will Smith effect. Yeah. There you go. Joining us now is a man who would never haze anybody. No. No. All he does is create good content. This man has won a fucking Emmy before. Holy, Holy shit. shit. Fresh out of Sean McVay's wedding this weekend. Congrats to the to to the lovebirds. Yeah. Boy McVay. Mister and Mrs. McVay. I, I was going to take a guess at what her name was. Uh-huh. And you saw my brain go. You can do it. No, Give it a shot. No, Give it a you shot. have no idea. Nah. Forget it. I have no clue. But anyways, congrats to the McVeighs. This man was in attendance. He won an Emmy. He's going to weddings. Now he's joining us. We're so thankful. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Schrager. Yeah, Veronica and Sean McVeigh tied the knot this weekend, huh? Schrager, how was it? You nailed it. Uh, it was incredible. You would have you enjoyed my seat in this thing. So I go and Kyle Brandt joked that I almost told the move from the graduate and bang on the window like, no, because I don't want to marry Sean other than myself. <laughs> um, but he ends up marrying a woman named Veronica who's lovely. It's kind of been crappy for them that the last three times they're supposed to have this wedding. It was postponed because of COVID. So here we are and we finally have this wedding and it was great. But I'm like in the catbird seat. It was a who's who in the NFL. And I, my table was a hilarious one. It's Kingsbury and his date and me and my wife, Erica. And then uh, you have Colt McCoy and his wife, who are awesome, sitting at the table also. Colt was with uh, Washington Redskins when Sean was coaching there, and they knew each other. But it's like it's like LaFleur, Staley, O'Connell, um, you name it. It was a coaching convention, but also the players all were there. The, the rule was from him, captains only. So there was like a hard cutoff. So it couldn't have been the whole team. So Donald, Cup. Stafford, uh, Jordan Fuller, and then a bunch of old players that like I love. Like Eric Weddle was in the house. Oh. Loved, loved partying with Weddle. He was awesome. Connor Barwin, like good dudes. It was a great, great night. Uh, but you would have liked it because Kingsbury and I were just soaking in tequila, just commenting on everything going on in the room and like kind of like watching it all go down. And you would have enjoyed the commentary because a lot was going down. It was fun. It was great. How cool did Cliff Kingsbury look, by the way? I saw oh. that. He looks like he's James Bond. And I noticed he doesn't open his mouth when he smiles. Doesn't I, smile. Yeah, doesn't well, smile. He kind of grins a little bit. Yeah. But he looks so fucking cool all the time. Is that what everybody says at the coaching convention, that wedding that was? Is it like, wow, Cliff, why do you look cool all the time? Is that how everybody talks to him? He was laid back. He had the right suit on. He had, didn't wear any socks, which I thought was interesting for a black tie wedding. I also thought this was cool. And I'm not Mr. Classy, Mr. Graceful. But uh, McVeigh was wearing a black tuxedo for the entirety of the night. Then at the end, he comes back and he had a white tuxedo on. A groom, a groom with a costume change. Had never seen that before. I oh. mentioned it. He didn't, 
he didn't want me to go and expand on that much. He kind of wanted to brush it off. I'm like, no, 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 no. Hollywood. Is that, is that, and he says, yeah, I got another tuxedo for the second half of the night. I go, pretty cool. Wow. Pretty cool. wow. That's what happens when you win the Super Bowl in L.A. Costume right. changes at the wedding. Also, three delays because of COVID wedding. He had a lot of costumes oh, picked yeah. out right. throughout. Yeah. Get a chance to use both of them. Go ahead, AJ. Shriggs, how long uh, did the party go? Like, did you did you close it down? And, yeah. and who was with you, maybe? I did. I was one of the last yeah. ones on the dance floor because there was um, some delicious desserts going down, and I was not uh, denying that. But I was on the dance floor for most of it. I'll tell you, Raheem Morris was the star of the dance floor. He's their defensive coordinator, but he's obviously been the coach of the Buccaneers. This guy would not get off the dance floor, encouraging everyone to get on. I don't think LaFleur stepped foot on the dance floor. I was kind of disappointed. I was talking to people like, does LaFleur not dance? They're like, no, he's kind of a laid back guy. He's not a big dancer. A little discouraged by that. Maybe you could talk to Rogers. What's up with that? Um, but yeah, the dance floor was going, I'd say until about 1 a.m. Okay. And then there was an after after party Ooh. that I, I could not make. I was not a part of that. But I was there right. on the dance floor for most of it. Was Beyonce um, playing at the after party? Ooh. She might have been. She might have been. I didn't get that invite. Um, I was only there for the initial party. But. There was a good crew. I mean, Al Michaels was in the house. I mean, I don't know Al Michaels. That's pretty cool. He was there. I was talking to him for a little bit. Um, and, of course, a lot of the Rams staffers, their front office guys, their owner. Like, it was a cool, cool night. And uh, she was cool. And her, her friends and her bridesmaids and her side of the family, I don't know any of those folks, but they were incredible and brought the energy. So an amazing wedding. I'll tell you this, just watching how, like, Stafford hangs with McVeigh and how Donald was in a good place with everybody. Like, I don't know. It seems like the Rams, they're in a pretty, uh, pretty cool spot. They feel pretty good about each other. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Well, congrats to everybody. It sounds like a fantastic weekend out there. Was it in Los Angeles? Yeah, of course. In Los Angeles in Beverly Hills. I got there on a Thursday night, but I made sure Friday morning to sit in the sun and come in glowing. I had like the most impeccable tan going and then it turned to then it turned to sunburn. And it wasn't so great when I got dressed for the evening. Yeah, so, that happens fun. to me, too. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You had color. That's all that matters. You didn't look like an out-of-towner. You looked fantastic. Let's talk about LaFleur. How boozed up was he? Okay, mandatory minicamp. Yeah. Everybody talking wow. about Aaron, you know, not being at the uh, voluntary OTAs. Head coach is out there boozing with fucking Raheem Morris That's and the boys. Good wow. point. Okay, until 1 a.m. at least in L.A., just two days before mandatory minicamp. What the, is this Sean McVay trying to take down every team in the NFL, having these right before? For mandatory mini camps, it's funny you say that because because Lafleur, there's a Friday night event. Lafleur wasn't there. I thought I was like, well, that's that's kind of messed up. I know they're very good friends, oh. and he's like, we had practice yesterday, bro. Like we actually had practice on Friday, and I took a flight, and I'm like, oh, a private flight. And Lafleur's like, no, no, Joe Barry, defensive coordinator. We connected through Detroit to be here, so he should be happy I'm here. I'm like, okay, I get it. What is uh, they're doing? in a great place. They're in a great place. Matt. And they were like, talk. They were talking Matt. about these two new defensive Matt. rookies. Um, this this Wyatt and this Walker that they got and their initial thoughts on them. So I didn't get into the weeds, but I'll tell you this. Uh, LaFleur has spoken with Rodgers in recent weeks because uh, he said he had just spoken to him. They're in great place. And Rodgers is fired up. LaFleur is fired up. I think they're they're kind of thriving on the fact that everyone thinks that uh, this team can't do anything without Devontae Adams. We'll see. Do you think every single coach is happy with their rookie class from OTAs at that wedding? And if they weren't, would they tell everybody that they're happy with their rookie class at this wedding through OTAs? Yeah. 
it's funny. Like, everyone was very positive. Brandon Staley, all of this stuff off the record, of course, but it was like, we got this great new first round pick. He comes in, he wants to play foot. And I'm like, I'm waiting for one of these guys to be like, we RGM fucking missed it up. We like, missed yeah. fucked it up. Like, like, this guy walked in the room and he sucks. Like, that hasn't happened yet, though. I'm waiting. I've been doing this a long time. I haven't gotten that in, in June yet. By August, I'll know. But by June, no, everyone's the best thing ever. That's awesome. Shrinks, is it, is it ever hard from your perspective when you're trying to talk to different front offices and coaches on who may have the power to fi- like make that final pick? I know some head coaches have more power than others when it comes to drafting players and bringing them in. Like, is that something that are they pretty open about that? Not after the fact, you know, like years after you'll tell they'll say like, for example, you'll get one where it's like, you know, a superstar comes into the league and the coach on the back end is like, yeah, we could have had him, but. You know, the GM wanted this guy, and usually that coach is no longer coaching there. But for the most part, there's no value in telling me that, like, hey, we wanted him, but the other guy wanted him because not only do you not want that dirty laundry out there, but, AJ, the last thing you want is to be like, yeah, but I wanted him, and the but I wanted him ends up sucking, and it's the guy the GM took that was actually better off anyway. Yeah, everybody seems to be stirring shit that makes them look better at all times. I would assume with an <laughs> Emmy nominated or an Emmy winning. Yeah, yeah that's right. Emmy hey. Winning. Are you walking in there a little differently now that you've won a fucking Emmy? You know, these head coaches can talk all they want. You're an Emmy winner now, a Super Bowl champion of media. It's true. I I got off the airport. I got off the plane in L.A. And uh, there was like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> keep it going i like this you guys had it everybody loves got my emmy all right anyways sorry about it did they treat you any differently was there a celebration for you winning the emmy over there or not there wasn't i'll tell you it was kind of great like i get in there and uh i was waiting for the paparazzi at la it didn't happen and then i get to the wedding and no one said anything at the ceremony at the ceremony, Kevin O'Connell comes over and like brings me in. He's new coach of the Vikings, and I've known him for years. But like, brings me in close and is like very sincerely, like, "Hey, you guys earned that." And I know when Nate left, like people like wrote you guys off, but you guys put it together, and you guys still got the Emmy. And you know, Kay's leaving, and maybe you'll get another one. But I respect the hell out of you guys. And I'm like, "Gosh, now I understand." Like I was ready to run through a wall for this dude, and I'm like, "I get it." Why these guys are NFL coaches? Like it was amazing. The fact that he even knew that was great. So Kevin O'Connell noticed. That's all that I care about. Well, you know, they're forced to watch the NFL Network in every NFL building. I know. Yeah, not I forced. Know. They get electric electric shocks if they don't have it on. I know. But you have been a welcomed addition to every single NFL building. For you think about for a long time, what uh, was? Oh, we have to. We have to. Yeah. We have yeah. to. And then all of a sudden. Good morning football comes rolling into town every morning. We get to watch yeah. good morning football. Congrats to you for that. Um, Ty has a question for you, Shrek. Yeah, Shrek, speaking of GMFB, is the uh, kind of honeymoon phase champagne popping <laughs> bottle ceremony done? You guys going to get back to work? Or, yeah, get or back what? in the studio. What the fuck's going on? Uh, no, we're still we're still remote. Look, I wish it was champagne phase. I would... Uh, I'd be off right now, and I'd be in the south of France uh, at a at a at a, at a hostel or an Airbnb. Uh, but it's it's not the it's not the case. No, in fact, we're on air, we're on remote, we're still doing shows, and uh, we'll be back in studio, I think, for the start of training camp. But for now, we're just start on a some month away. We're gonna be in the studio doing, by then. We're doing it, with Pat. We're doing it. I don't. Is know. it COVID? I'll make those decisions. It's not COVID. I think it's more. Hey, let's let's. Uh, I don't know if it's cost saving or it's energy saving but it's 
it's easier for everyone to not have to be commuting into New York when there's no NFL news. We're going to do the best show possible. And I'll tell you, our show is still pretty damn good today, even on remote. I'll put it up against We agree. We agree. We love your show. We love your show. But I think the reason why we want to see you guys back in the studio is because we want the deets on who's going to be the next cast. Yeah. Who's going to be the next cast? Like Saturday Night Live over there. You know, who's coming in? Pete Davidson's out. Who's coming in? Bingo. Pete Davidson's out. Kyle Mooney. Love that dude he's out but uh we have not found uh or been told our host i've said this before i so respect um Kay adams and all the all the amazing stuff that we've done together those are massive shoes to fill and i have not been asked i have not weighed in i am going to be a player and let management coach and gm this thing and they'll tell us who they have in mind when they have someone but for now uh, there's been some temporary hosts here and there, but there has been no replacement named. And I'm as curious as you guys as far as what management's going to do. Management, always a good person to blame mm-hmm. for everything. I don't know if it's blame. I trust them. I don't want to be the one to No, 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 no. Blame and credit. And credit. Blame. Hey, listen, blame and credit. I didn't mean that to be uh, as negative, but good luck to management. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get it, man. Good luck, good luck to management. Management put uh, us on here for 30 minutes with no sound. Uh Now they want an Emmy. Um, Whenever you think about Matt LaFleur (laughs) flying coach on spirit through Detroit from Green Bay to L.A., was he the only coach that did that, or is that just kind of common practice around the NFL, a lot of blue-collar guys traveling? uh, I think a lot of blue-collars. I don't know if there were any. I mean, I know O'Connell was telling me he was flying back to Minneapolis because he had practice this morning. He was back early on Sunday. These guys, they are men of the people, and they are ladies of the people, and their wives, some of them, I think LaFleur's wife, Brie, actually came in earlier than Sean because she's as good a friend, earlier than Matt, she's as good a friends with, with Sean and Veronica as Matt is. And there, she was like, Matt will be here, he'll be here. You can't trust the airlines, you know? Oh, they have layovers in Detroit. It's a tough time. Yeah, well, I'm happy everybody made it to this celebration. We're happy you got to be there and tell us what it was like. You know, let us dabble with what uh-huh. the experience is amongst the stars of Beverly Hills there. Yeah. Connor has a question for you, Shrakes. Yeah, Shrakes, you said Raheem Morris kind of lit up the dance floor as a coach. <laughs> what players were out there kind of doing their thing? Is Stafford better than Cup? Is Donald, you know, the clear favorite? I mean, Colt McCoy, I could see him having, a, you know, a snake in his boot here and there. Did he have boots on, Colt? A snake? No, Colt, Colt, I was hoping for, like, full attire. No, Colt was dressed in a tuxedo like a gentleman, like he was going out on the town in wow. New York or L.A. I was hoping for that Texas look. He didn't yeah. bring that one. Um, you know, as far as players go, I saw one player who wasn't tearing it up, but, like, I love that he was out there the whole night. Jordan Fuller is a safety. He's their captain. He's a third-year guy. Whereas the other players were kind of laying low. Oh, Whitworth, big wit. He was out there. Hard to miss him. He was dancing hard. Um, but I did not see much Aaron Bar Donald, in the back. Did not see much Stafford. Bar in the back, a, dancer in the front? All those guys were hanging uh, by the bar in the back, and there's a lot of talk uh, from the yeah. players. But I didn't see as much dance. I was hoping a wobble would come out or something, ooh, but nothing ooh, of the sort. Wobble, nothing wobble. of the sort. Um, Aaron Donald and McVeigh negotiated a deal when he was in his white tux at the end of the night? Yeah. The, when he was wearing the black tux early, the James Bond look, no, the little looser they got it done i didn't see them talking uh money but i definitely saw a few embraces we'll see what happens as far as him and uh maybe cooper cup who knows i thought all those guys were there i thought that was a good sign put it on a ticker maybe cooper cup down there saw it in the white tux (laughs) or the black tux he was in the black tux for for the early conversations the white tux though I think is when he was getting down to the nitty-gritty with yeah white tux mcveigh doing deals with cooper cup just jacket Zito, we have inside that it was just a jacket. It wasn't a full tux. It was oh. just a jacket change. Okay. Peter's First time I've seen that. It was. I was having fun. The tequila won that night. 
ahead, AJ. Shriggs, are the you get any sense that the Rams are pissed off that everyone is saying the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl? Mm. I don't think it's just the Rams. I think you go down to like Kansas City. I think well, you were just with the Tampa. Rams. I, no, yeah, I don't think they're. I don't think they're concerned too much yeah, about that stuff. Stars. I think they're in their honeymoon phase too. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking nationally, like it, as far as like the weeks and the months of the offseason, has not been a Rams offseason as far as when we talk about these teams. It has been more about Josh Allen and the Bills and what they've got going for them and how it's going to be that way. Like, you know, I, I did a whole thing about how I thought Josh Allen had more pressure than anybody because of all the expectations. And I got a text from someone in Cincinnati like, did we not go to the Super Bowl? Did we not, you know, do what we did? Like, we became, Are we not building an indoor facility? Yeah. <laughs> are we not actually building an indoor facility? Like, it's hilarious that all these other teams are being overlooked because of what the Bills did in a loss in the divisional round. So I think that's a, a talking point. And if I know those Buffalo guys at all, they enjoy the target on their back. It's just unfortunate that they don't have, uh, the, the, you know, the – the skins on the wall to say that we've done it. They just have kind of like done it based on expectations. But I'd be shocked if Josh Allen, when the season starts, is not like number one for MVP. And if the Bills aren't the top team as far as like who's going to win the Super Bowl as far as odds go. And you had your your FanDuel odds maker on. I'd be curious to see come August if the Bills are the team that everyone's saying still. And there you go. Bills. Look at the Rams all the way fourth. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, we don't know what's happening with Aaron Donald, obviously best mm-hmm. player in football. You alluded to a Cooper Cup deal potentially happening. Uh, the Chiefs and Bucks. the Bucks have Tom Brady back, and they weren't even in Tom Brady's top five weapons in the NFC team. That's right. Chris, Ev- or Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Everybody's alluding to Gronk going back there. Got Rojo's? No, no uh, more He's Rojo. gone. But no, Lundy's Rojo's back. Rojo's gone. Casey, I think. Yeah. Lenny's back. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, I believe, is back. Where's OJ Buffalo. Buffalo. They went and got Akeem Hicks. I like Akeem Hicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that mean for Sue, Shregs? I don't know about Sue's future in Tampa. I, I would love to see them come to like a one-year deal for something, but I'm not sure when they get when they signed Hicks. I'm not sure there's enough. Did Cliff get boozed up? To... Did Cliff get boozed up at all? Where's he at? He was back by the bar, I assume, the whole time. Good lean, good shoulder lean, good elbow yeah, lean. Yeah. Cliff, Cliff was not doing the Macarena with me. I'll tell you, that's uh, he's a little too cool hey, for that. Hey, um, hey, he, was, he was, he was. He was hanging. He was drinking, and uh, I know they've got practice this morning in 110 degree heat. I'd love to see what he's sweating out this morning because I can't imagine doing that after the night we had. Great song. <laughs> Think about that thing catching fire. Oh, I know. I know. Huge hit. A huge hit. <laughs> Still goes. Still goes. Did you talk to him about uh, Kyler at all? Feels like that's no worries for anybody. They'll figure it out. That's what he said all along. Like, it'll figure itself out. They, he loves Kyler. And Colt McCoy is sitting at my table. He loves Kyler. Kyler's not going anywhere, I hope. <laughs> hey, What's going on, Shrek, you're the best, dude. We appreciate you. Thank your wife, Erica, for allowing some time with us on a regular basis. We know you work hard. Uh, we can't wait to see you back in the studio. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, Peter Schrager. Thank hey, you. We're about to have a conversation with a guy who is an absolute superstar. Former first-round pick, three-point champion. Absolute sharpshooter. Co-host of the Knuckleheads podcast. We've seen him on ESPN. NBA OG. Ladies and gentlemen, Quentin Richardson. Yeah, Rich. 
What's up, man? Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you having me. Now, that's not a true statement, right? Because What's-His-Face got banned from the building. What was that, last year or two years ago? Who? Charles Oakley. Oak- yeah. Oakley. Oh, you're talking about my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, isn't it? I mean, it, I, I'm sorry. It's great to see you. Hey, great to see you. Yeah. Sorry about that. But literally, all I could see there was the once a Nick, always a Nick thing. I didn't know if that was still a thing. Is that still a thing, yeah? Yeah, man, that's true. That's always true. Once a Nick, always a Nick. Yes. Okay. I forget I had your shirt on. I'm tripping. My bad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's awesome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I know you're, especially with the NBA Finals and playoffs, you've been all over the place crushing for everybody. So congrats on a hell of a playoff run, by oh, the yeah, way. Yeah. Including here. It. Yeah, we appreciate you. Let's talk about last night. I think the conversation we wanted to have uh, early about it was – Basically, Van Gundy and Steve Javy or Javi, whoever's Disney, ESPN, or ABC's ref expert, talking about the potential second technical that Draymond Green could have received, but he didn't receive. And then Steve Javy gets on there and he says, well, when you look at the time, it's the finals, game two, the score. Why would you want Draymond to get ejected after that, for that after getting a tech? Which, by the way, all sounds great, but I think a lot of people took that and were like, see, refs pick and choose when they're going to do what they're going to do. Is that always going to be a conversation around the NBA, and how do players deal with that type of stuff? I think we as players, we've known that. Uh, we, we know which, which which referees, how they call games. I mean, the, the smart players know these things. They know, you know, they we, we first you know the, nails, the referees by name. That's one of the first things that your OGs and your vets tell you when you get in the league. You you know you learn the referees by name. And you talk to them and speak to them when you um, at the beginning of the games and things like that. But I mean, over time, you you kind of get a feel for the different referees, how they call things, how they call you know as far as text and, and physicality. You get a feel for that as players. So whenever you hear a guy say that they're picking and choosing basically when things happen. Like, everybody just knows in the playoffs it's a different breed of basketball than during the regular season, and especially in the finals, the refs are just going to be a little bit more loose. Until they're not, by the way. Until they're not, right? I think it's a situation where where you you, you obviously, you, you know, I think, first of all, if you're being honest here, what happened... I think it should have been a technical. Okay. I love Draymond. I love Draymond, and I I know that that's how he plays, and I and I respect the way he plays, and I respect what he brings to the table. And, I, and by the way, I think him playing that way is what gave them that game last night. He came in there and he 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 put his fingerprints all over that game. I don't care what any statistics say about him. The way he played, the mentality, the way he told that line, and possibly could have won over. But my thing is that even that being that being his identity. He's smart enough to know, and he's smart enough to know that he's cost his team in the finals before by being, you know, eliminated or pulled from action and stuff like that. So, I mean, just the, that that one situation with Jalen Brown where it was the pushing and shoving and that that little bit, when you know you have a technical, he has to be smarter than that because I don't think he gets that whistle of there in Boston and the crowd is booing and reacting. He may not get that same call. Q-Rich, when you're watching Steph play, like when I watch him play, I hear all the commentators and everyone talk about how much attention – he draws how many how much like the defenders have to always be aware and we know Steph never stops moving is that real or is that overblown like how much attention really defenses have to pay to Steph no that, I mean that's a real thing I mean I think you know the, the the biggest thing you can look at is look at how much he's worked on his body I mean he came in he was a skinny little guy you know getting bumped and knocked around I mean if you really see him in person He's gotten bigger, like noticeably bigger, stronger, bigger arms, and like his conditioning is second yeah. to none. He he flies around, running around the court the whole game. Like that's what makes him so deadly as a shooter is that 
there's never been somebody who can who can shoot the ball as great as he can off the dribble, but then you can take the ball out of his hand and he turns into a Ray Allen or, or a Rip Hamilton type, running off screens, Reggie Miller type stuff, going and stopping it. And so, I mean, he, he can do it in so many different ways. And by the way, that that's incredibly hard to defend. As a defender to have to run around and chase him, that ain't easy. So he has an, a whole nother career waiting for him, basically, right? As Ray Allen? I mean that's the that's I mean that's I think that's the uniqueness that's what makes him so unique and that puts him at the top of the shooters list of all time. I mean, he does it on every level. He can I mean from shooting free throws to shooting threes to shooting almost half court threes to shooting off the dribble to not having the ball to being able to run and literally become a Ray Allen or or a Reggie Miller type player. He can do that. He can run off screens. He can do all those different things, but then he can also drive to the hole and shoot the mid-range. He can shoot. He can get to the hole and finish through contact. So that's what makes Steph, you know, as special as he is. What was it? The end of the first, maybe, or the end of the? I think it was first. the end of the first when he just went behind his back like four or five times, <laughs> yep. and then had like a little mid-range off the glass with Bold. half a second. It's like, holy, this dude's maybe one. Now, where do you rank him as a point guard? Because, I mean, this entire – you don't have to give a top whatever, but he's one of the top point guards in the game as well, right? Like his handles are among the top in the game, I'd assume, right? Him and Kyrie. Absolutely. He's right up there with the best of them. I mean, obviously, I think Kyrie, you know, is pretty much considered the best. But, I mean, Steph, is he, he's no slouch whatsoever. He's right up there with the best of them, handling the ball and, and being creative and doing all the things, making people fall and, you know, making people look silly out there. So, yeah, he got all of that. Now, obviously, the refs are going to make this go to seven. Right. The, like the refs that. feels like they're going to make it go to seven. I mean, you can't say that. Maybe you can. I'm not 100% sure. But outside looking in, that's how we view it. I feel like, especially with the Tim Donahue situation, then last night happening, and it's like, oh, okay. So these refs will be like, eh, seems like we can keep this thing kind of in there. They were able to win by 20 plus. Uh, 19. But. Yeah, not 19. <laughs> sorry. But it was the last shot, I guess. They were able to win by 20 without Clay even playing basketball well at all. He's number two for them. Now, Poole's a guy. Wiggins is a guy. Obviously, Draymond's his thing. Do, are the Warriors going to win this? Or are the Celtics more set up, you think, with the entirety of the way their team plays? Um, listen, I don't know. I don't know. Whoa. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking at it going back and forth, going seven game series and being. Seven game, you know, anything could happen. I think all bets are off when you get to game seven, you got to throw everything out the window. But I literally, like, me and me and D Miles, we were just going back and forth, but I don't know who's going to win. I would like now, <laughs> being that I have a personal connection with Jason Tatum, that's like our little bro. We got the same age, and I know his dad. I played against his dad in college. We grew up kind of playing against each other, know each other. Larry Hughes, the godfather, we all like family. So, I have in my heart, I want Tatum to win, but oh, yeah. I, I can't say that I, I have a great feel for which team is going to prevail because I think it's going to be back and forth to the seven game. Guy Connor? Yeah, Q Rich, Emmanuel Udoka got a technical foul yesterday during the game. How rare is that? Because he really doesn't ever do that. And also, Tatum and Brown are playing unbelievable, but you can't really rely on Horford to score 26 points every game. Or a like, shot. Yeah, or shoot the goddamn ball. Yeah, how, how do you think they actually make it all the way? Like, is Tatum and Jalen Brown going to have to score 80 points combined every game? I, I mean, I've said that from the outset of this series. I said that I do believe for Boston to have a, a legitimate chance to win this, that they that, that Tatum and Brown are going to have to be outstanding. And that I, I still believe it. I still believe they're going to have to score between – 25 and 30 each, like somewhere between each of them scoring between 25 or 30 apiece. 
So I think they definitely need to do that for them to really be able to get a chance to win this. As far as E-Man, that technical, I, I saw that. I love that technical. I, I felt like at that moment that he saved Marcus Smart from getting the technical, and that was like something that great coaches do when they see their team or, or even just trying to inspire his team. But I felt like Marcus Smart, if he if E-Man didn't get that technical, then Marcus Smart might have. Coach E-Man, what is he doing that's different than Brad Stevens, right? Because this was just one handover one year, yep. same exact team. Mm -hmm. Stevens goes into the president's role, I think, or mm -hmm. whatever. And then E-Man takes over the team. And I know at the beginning of the season, everybody's talking about them not being great because he wanted to institute some defensive shit. Is that what it is? Is it more discipline, more accountability? Is the team just grown? What do you think it is that has separated the Brad Stevens-led Celtics to now that Coach E-May led Celtics? I think it's a little bit of all of that. I mean, it, it's, it's difficult sometimes to just give, you know, the new guy all of the credit, I, although I think E-May has done an outstanding, outstanding job. But I think, you know, it takes that growth from the, from the players to know that, hey, this wasn't working in the past and like trying to buy they you know it, it was a it was a rough patch in the beginning but eventually they bought in so you got to get a team a lot of credit you got to give coach uh, uh brad stevens credit for for acknowledging that he was the person for the job and he him being right but i but i absolutely think it's the you know it's the pedigree i mean he was a player he was you know he was a a, 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 a no-nonsense business type player he handled his business and he was where he's supposed to be did things the right way he played for the Spurs, then he coached under Pop. So he's got that pedigree of discipline and, and, and doing things the right way. And I, I think that now, you know, that, that, that he that they've seen the fruits of his labor. They bought in and they see that, he's, that he had a great plan and a great strategy and it's been working for them. And I think he has a great, great relationship with those players because he's challenged them in the ways that he knows how to as a former player. What about on the other side with Steve Kerr and, and the Warriors? I, I've seen a lot of, like, mic'd up behind the scenes stuff and it's pretty cool to watch how Kerr like empowers his guys if Steph is on a slump or whatever like he he pumps him up and lets him know to keep going and keep shooting like whatever it seems like he kind of breeds confidence in his team have, have you seen that since he's been there absolutely I mean the the, the tail sign is this it's, it's kind of like I, I liken it to when I played for coach D'Antoni and he's he's a similar type of coach who empowers his players and, and 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 gives them the confidence. I mean, you just look at the guys that's come through the Warriors system, and you look at them at other teams, and you look at their averages, you look at their shooting percentages. They all are up, and that's because the coach is giving you confidence. And I I can t speak to that because I, I experienced that with the Suns and watching D'Antoni. Everybody that comes there, they shoot the ball better because. It's, it's, it's something about as a player when you have that freedom to go out and explore your game and you can take different shots and try different things and you're not going to get yanked out of the game or you're not going to have a coach yelling at you, telling you what are you doing and different things like that. And I think Steve does a fine job of like, you know, he, he says things when things get, you know, too crazy. And you've seen Steve on the sideline get fired up and yell at the guys. But I mean, to a man, he does that when it's necessary, and he and those guys understand that if he's doing that, that, that we really tripping right now. We need to reel it in. So I think that's that's what makes Steve Curry really great for them. Pick and choose your times, I think, is more valuable than if you just run it out, you know, all the time. Is that Phil Jackson style? As somebody that's not in the NBA, uh, weeds as much as I probably should be to have this conversation with you because you're incredible. I would like to let you know that. But I watch the games. I get high. I bet on them when I'm in states that are legal. But I, for both of those things. But I don't know enough. Is Steve Kerr's style more similar to what Phil Jackson's style was? Because I heard he was like big hippie, right? And that guy like big hippie type thing. Is that the is that the similar fashion that Steve coaches by? Because he was on those Bulls teams, obviously. So I so I haven't I never played for Phil and um I, I never played for, for Steve. Hey, he's not in Nick anymore, by the way. I don't think. Uh, I, I heard what Stephen A. said. I don't know if that shirt works for him or Charles Oakley. Yeah, 
I'm not 100 percent sure, but you know, you go on, go on. Yeah, but I, I think I think uh, I think definitely uh, just from the outside looking in, what I've seen, I think you know, you, I've even heard Steve mentioning in some of his interviews stuff. But yeah, he takes some of his uh, coaching style from uh, from 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 Phil Jackson. I mean, why wouldn't he? He won championships under him, and he's one of the you know probably the greatest. Uh, winning coach in, in NBA history as far as that goes. So, I mean, I think he does. I mean, sometimes you'll see, you know, when, when, when runs and things are happening, he'll let his team, he won't call that timeout that some coaches will call. He'll let them play through certain things and then, you know, weather a storm. So I think he does draw a little bit from Coach Phil Jackson. Are they running that, what was it, triangle offense? Yep. yep. How much strategy and scheme is their coaching in there? Like every single play, every single quarter? Like when is the real, if you were to take somebody inside and NBA huddle there. How often are coaches like redesigning, re-scheming, redoing everything like that? I think, and I think it's really when the playoffs hit. Like when you know when you got these series and you're in the and you're in the seven game series, and, and and right now at this point in the season, everybody knows everybody's plays. So this is when you when you when you have coaches that you know they they save plays and they oh. and they uh, pull pull gadget plays out at different points that you might have seen like way back in October or something. What's a gadget you know? play? What's a gadget play that we wouldn't recognize? Like a double screen, a little whoop de woo that Steph does. What is a a gadget play for somebody that doesn't know basketball? What should we look for? So, for instance, yesterday in, in the game, I, I want to say it was the start of the third quarter. Maybe Golden State opened up and they 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 ran a post play for Draymond Green. He was on the opposite side of the floor, and the as as they posted him up, they came on the backside on the opposite side of the floor from him. They were setting what they, what you what we call a hammer screen, and that's where the guy in the corner. He goes and sets a back screen for the guy that's sitting up on the elbow, which was Andrew Wiggins. And, and what happens is Wiggins is supposed to come all the way down to the corner. And he's wide open for the corner three. But Draymond, so Draymond turns baseline and he throws like a hook pass to the baseline to the corner. Oh, yeah. So what happened, Andrew Wiggins stopped and didn't go all the way through to the corner. And so Draymond threw it out of bounds and it was a turnover. And he was standing there looking at him like, why you stop? So that was that's like that's called a hammer play. That's a play right there, though. That entire like there was one yesterday. I think somebody drove all the way in and then kicked it. Smart, straight bass. Yeah, smart, mm -hmm. I think kicked it all the way back. Uh, like maybe Jalen Brown. Oh, yeah, he like did that. Yeah, it was a great loop pass he made yeah. up top. Well, that was just that was just off of a penetration. He made a great drive. Okay, and I didn't so even okay. understand how he saw that. That was just like off just playing basketball. The play that I'm talking about was like straight out of the first quarter they drew that up coming out of the uh, halftime to play see that's so interesting because i've never said you'll see some shit happening off the ball and it's like well it feels like there has to be a rhyme or reason to that and then every once in a while I'll go down and it feels like everybody's just standing there it's like <laughs> okay there has to be a reason for this as well it, it's a it's kind of like a pick and choose when you're running your set plays or is there times or more it's kind of like sometimes like it, it, it's, it's like certain certain some teams have plays where it's called like we had called play the game it's it's like a it's kind of like a structure to the offense but you just running you can you know you got different cuts and different things that you do off of but it's not really it's a set but it's not really a certain play got so it. it's like like a hammer play is a hammer play like a set is kind of like a a, a a flow of the game type you know what i'm saying deal and and you can just you can flow out of that but then if they call certain sets that's when you'll see the guys get into certain areas and then they move in, in certain times and they doing things and, and they all on a string together. Those are those are the plays that's being drawn up. And that's the separation of coaches there, you think, huh? I think so. I think the really the really great ones are the ones that are able to in those clutch moments come out of the ATOs, the after timeout plays. Those are huge. I think ATOs. those are the coaches that you know, like because like I said, at this point, everybody 
we've scouted things to the nauseum. Both teams know everything that the other teams do. So then it comes down to in those big time moments who can come up with a play. And if that team executes it the right way, you know what I'm saying? It, those are the those are the coaches that like ascend and be up there because they they've got those plays and they they've got the discipline of their team to execute that play. And they've gone over it enough that when they do bring it up, they're not gonna let they're not gonna blow it. I'd kill you, ATOs. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> hey, what about uh, halftime adjustments? We hear about football coaches making these great halftime adjustments when in reality. You have 12 minutes, enough time for guys to take a leak and the coach to yell at you for a little bit and get back out there. Are they able to actually get some stuff done in an NBA locker room for halftime? I think so. I think, but I think more so, you know, in the NBA, more so than like X's and O's. It, sometimes there may be something that's standing out that, that you know, that, that needs to be fixed. But I think for the most part, those halftime things about coaches getting in there and inspiring the group, however it happens, whether it's, you know, whether it's yelling, whether it's, you know, inspiring them with whatever, or whether it's a player within that locker room getting up and having enough and inspiring. And that, that, those are the things that I've mostly experienced. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Kirich, there was a report from an anonymous NBA executive who basically said that the Nets are kind of done with the Kyrie Irving experience and the Lakers are basically done with the Russell Westbrook experience and he could see them trying to work out some sort of trade. Do you think that's plausible at all? And would that would that be the kind of thing that could kind of push the Lakers over? Is it kind of more the same thing where you're just going to have LeBron and Kyrie Irving potentially and just a bunch of other guys? Like, Do, do you see that actually potentially happening? Is that going to happen? Maybe. Let's go. Reported this morning. I don't see that happening. No, fuck. Come on. Secondly, and secondly, I hate anonymous sources. Like, put your name on it or don't talk. Agreed. Hey, by the way, I've said this in the past, and then people, hey, people from the real world come in and go, well, it's not safe. People lose their lives. Like, I'm talking about sports, all right? Yeah. We're not talking about in the real world, okay? We understand that there has to be anonymous sources in the real world. But in sports, anonymous sources have changed everything. Mm -hmm. Changed everything, Quinn. That's just, that's just like, I could, I could make something up right now that anonymous sources say that, you know, that the Boston Celtics are trading Jason Tatum before game three. Whoa. Are they? What? Right. No. Right. Who do you know? Right. <laughs> no, and then, like, it, makes, it, it can make no sense, and somebody's going to say, well, anonymous sources, somebody said it. Like, nah, come on, that's not the way it works. We, la- we laugh at anonymous sources in the real locker room until our agent or somebody of, of, of some type of substantial uh, dean or whatever, unless, unless we hear from them, like, that doesn't mean anything. All right, well, if you break any news, then we know it's real, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, I put my name on anything, I got to say. Have you ever broke – are you a newsbreaker? Have you ever dabbled in the insider game in the NBA? I tried in the NFL a little, but I don't like the waters. I don't like the waters. Yeah, I've been in position where I've known some pretty good things, and I just didn't like – I don't like that position. I don't even want to be that guy. I'm not trying to be – you know, no disrespect to anybody who does that, but I – I don't want to be that guy. They say it takes a special person to be a coach. I think it takes a special person to be an insider, too. Yeah. You're going to take it on the shins. A lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people. And then, yeah. you're, and then you got to be mad if you don't get credit for everything you did. And then you're back on the phones immediately after that tweet is sent out looking for the next one. That's a never ending. Yeah, next one. That's, the, that's, that's my thing. I, I'm, I'm not going to keep chasing it down like that. <laughs> like the times I've gotten my little insights because I'm, I'm cool with people when we just chopping it up. So I'm not going to betray that anyway. So that's why I'm just, that's not the move. For me. Well, Ian Rappaport told AJ Hawk that you're looking at your friends wrong. Your friends are sources. Whoa. That's what Ian Rappaport <laughs> said. But that's him. He's an insider. Yeah. He's chasing the ghost at all times. Mm-hmm. He's chasing the ghost because somebody else is, and we got nothing but respect for it. Just like you, we can't thank you enough for joining us, Q Rich. 
Yes, sir. Appreciate it, fellas. Anytime. You're the man. Today's show is presented by Cash App. Cash App is the only finance app that you need. It is the easiest way to send money to your buddies, and you can buy pieces of Bitcoin or stocks with as little as $1. Whoa, whoa. Also, keep an eye out for another Winner Wednesday this week with the winners of last week's giveaways. If you aren't on Cash App yet, go use code McAfee for $15 as soon as you sign up. That's code McAfee for a free $15. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, you do have to have a cash tag to win one of our giveaways, in which there are many. Congrats to all the winners that have been announced. And can't wait to see who wins 1000 bucks from this guy getting buckets the other day That's right. in the office. Barry. I'm a fan of Kevin Nas, so I assume he has at least one more. Me too, by the way. Sure. There's two. Yeah, but each person was reading it as one person. This right. is kind of what I say to people whenever they say they're scared to speak in public. It's like every person only has two ears, though. Like, I get that there's more than one person sitting in the area, but everybody's listening to you as just one person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just a one-on-one convo. So it makes, sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, 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 is that the new version of picture them in their underwear or whatever they used to tell kids? That made no sense to me. Okay. Zero. Why do I want to see a bunch of donks? Yeah. I'm about. I watch Jackass if I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I I never really understood why people got so Hey Poopies, hold on. Real quick. I believe Steve Poopies o. won an MTV Music Award. It did. It did. Poopies Congrats was to Poopies. Movie Congrats Award. Movie Award. Come on. Bozo. Poopies was on with what Steve. What was it called? O. Movie Award. Movie. MTV Movie Awards. What did Best I call kiss. it? Music Awards. All right, whatever. Who cares? Wow. Poopies. Wow. Poopies <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jesus. I mean, who does care? Congrats but... to Poopies. I'm not taking him, taking anything away from him. So Poopies, who's 35 years old, was on uh, Steve-O's podcast, I guess. And uh, we had we had one person listen to it, and that was Bill McComas. Mm-hmm. I guess his name was Poopies because he pooped in public and got arrested for it. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good name. Congrats. That's He's pretty good. 35. Cool. Great story. What do you mean? Huh? He's 35 years old. Why'd you say that? Like, Catch him by the beach, that? just chasing chicks, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poopies, bro. Is he 35? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was yeah. a big takeaway from the Steve-O podcast. <laughs> like, how old is Steve-O? 45? Probably. I'm okay. 35 years old. Me and Poopy's born the same year, and I mm. fucking love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. That's what we we brought into the world. Did Hell you year. see the one with the extra footage that's on Netflix? Four and a half. Yeah. That's the one you saw. <laughs> Yeah, that's the yeah, the obstacle course one with poopies. I've been waiting. I can't. Allegedly, he stands on a step ladder. Yes, <laughs> and beats the shit out of himself. Yeah, I think he, I think his actual words are, "I'm poopies, and I'm gonna teach me a lesson or something <laughs> <laughs> on the step ladder." And then it's it's two seconds of just pure chaos and mm-hmm, violence. Mm-hmm. And then he gets up and Steve goes, you really taught you, man. <laughs> and then it's just the next scene. They just threw it away in there. That four and a half, jackass four and a half, good. Very, very good. A lot of dongs. Mm, sure. Yeah, we saw that. A lot of dongs. While, while Lordo was pulling <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah. A lot of dongs, but it's a good show. Um, Michael Pittman says he's going to be the definite receiver number one that everybody talks about. All right. Let's go, bub. Here you go, Pittman. Love it. I fucking hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you need that to happen. I hope so, dude. I mean, he had a thousand yards with Carl. He'll Gotta be, be confident. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. He's he's another one of those guys like flashes are just like, yeah. oh shit, this guy's a guy. This guy's a guy. Now was it Carson? Was it him? Was it the offense? Was it everybody else? I don't know. We'll find out. But Pittman, it could be a fucking guy. So could Strahan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a bunch of young guys that I think Chris Ballard has a lot of faith in. 
for the Indianapolis Colts is weapons, even though guys like me get microphones and be like, well, there's like 45 veteran wide receivers <laughs> that could potentially, you know, add to the offense that I don't think you would have to overpay that much. It might be good pros for the young guys. I think he is remains steadfast on the fact that they have a lot of faith in their young wide receivers being talented. And they have shown that they definitely are. And with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, I think you're going to get a lot of good coverages for a lot of the wide receivers because of the way they're going to have to stack the box. And if Pittman becomes a guy, that's great for everybody. That's great for Indianapolis for sure. Well, it's huge. But, I mean, don't you think the Colts, if everyone, if they can stay somewhat healthy, at least like their primetime guys stay healthy, the Colts are going to be a good football team. Like That's how I feel. Well, uh, can only go up. Didn't make the playoffs yeah, last year. That's right. And they got the O-line. And it feels like even Mo Alley-Cox might have his best year because Matt Ryan, I mean, some of the tight ends, Hooper, Hooper's best Rob, year. Rob Gronkowski's still a free agent, by the way. Yeah. I would be, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, two and a half weeks into camp. Yeah, I'm good, guys. Let's do it. I'll sign. Yeah, I'm in shape. I've been running all summer. Mm-hmm. You guys running the same exact offense you were running last year or yeah. the same one that Tom's been running for 20 years? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay, I think I got it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing a couple more. Appreciate it. Oh, is anybody talking about me missing OTAs or voluntary stuff? No, I'm a free agent, actually. People are talking about me going to their team. They love it. It's much better me being a free agent than not going to OTAs yeah. and everybody worrying about where the fuck I am. Gronk's got it all figured out. But Gronk can only do it because Gronk's on the top 100 team for the first 100 years of the NFL, mm. and he's still playing at a very high level. He is also, though, big-time receivers out there still. Odell Beckham Jr. is still available and Julio Jones, correct? Yep. So mm-hmm. the funny thing about Odell Beckham Jr. is the fact that Miles Garrett said, hey, uh, come back, the fellas miss you or something on an Instagram post. Uh, um, yeah, he says, come home, the fellas miss you. Odell Beckham Jr. goes, who are you talking to, slime? Uh. <laughs> What's this thing with the thing out of the head? Where's that? A lot of people have been using uh, that. That's a salute. Oh, it's a salute. That's yeah. a salute? Yeah. yeah. Look at this dude's tricep. That's an awesome salute. Yeah, yeah. look at his yeah. tricep. Remember, this guy was dunking basketballs all last offseason. Oh, yeah. With his shirt off and shit, just fucking showcasing the fact that not all men are created equal. Yeah. yeah. Miles Garrett's a di- And Flash, uh, Miles Garrett goes, phone emoji, it's time. Here we go. He's OBJ coming back to the Browns, and OBS is like, yeah, you, we'll go back, I guess, since you got rid of that guy that can't play quarterback. He's still on the roster. Not playing quarterback, though. Is that what we're all saying? And Cleveland's like, yeah, we got Jacoby here for that. No, perfect. We'll take fucking Jacoby over that other guy. <laughs> if that's what happens, that's what they're saying, right? I guess. I saw Stefanski said he had no comment whether Baker would be there or not for mandatory minicamp. Feels like no way. I well, saw a Read a headline. Jimmy G's excused. Yeah. They might need him over there. Yeah, sounds but like it. That's right. So is he Kobe. excused as well? Then Baker? Well, I don't know because this Deshaun. Just situation. go in. Baker could go in and make it really weird. Or just go play football. Yeah. That's what I mean. Go in and play football and just keep his head down and see what happens. Ball out. Just go play football. You got $19 million coming to you or whatever. There's a chance that Deshaun with a 24th allegation on the way mm-hmm. and the NFL, who knows how long the suspension is going to be. And is this anywhere near done off the field? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. doesn't feel that way, does it? And it's very, very I, – I feel like in the sports media world it's being reported about as like, oh, this thing's happening. Super duper serious allegations. <laughs> like very, very, yeah. very, even in the like criminal world, these are very serious allegations. Two grand juries not indicted does not mean that there can't be more of those as mm-hmm. well. Right. So it's a wild, 
that's an interesting situation where Baker could potentially be the starting quarterback if he, if this was handled differently. This was handled like, yeah, yeah I understand what you guys did, or which you don't have to, but just at any other position this happens, how it would go is like you go in there, you work, try to prove yourself, keep your head down, you get $19 million coming next year, fuck everybody, I'm going to get my money, I'm going to keep it moving. But both sides, peers have said, like, ah, it's too far gone at this point. It's like, is it? I don't know. Yeah, but, like, if he gets suspended eight games before the season, before the trials are done. Like, is it eight games? I think I, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a I full went, season. Yeah, I went from going to think that there would be nothing this year because everything kind of was just wrapped up and they closed the book on it. It'd be maybe like, hey, down the road, if this stuff keeps popping up, then next year, like, he'll have, because they gave him all that money. But now I am starting to think, like, no, he's, he's going to get suspended this entire season, I think. It feels like it's growing and growing and growing. Yeah. But you're right, Ty. We, we do cover it every single yeah. week. Well, the Browns, don't you think the Browns – expected this to not be happening right now into june i don't know i have no idea what they're expecting yeah what were they yeah i guess uh, what was their how did they think it would all play out i guess that's that maybe 20 years from now we'll learn about it we won't just like the 2020 and 2021 won't get talked about (laughs) 20 years from now i mean we'll just kind of oh yeah just move along like we always do just the fact that like new information it seems like is coming out every single week about like a potential new person accusing him of something like that just (laughs) I, I don't know. I mean, I, it seemed like after he signed that massive deal, like we were done with this. And it was like, okay, well, justice may not have been served. It may have been served, but this is kind of in the rear view now. And like, what, three weeks later, it's like, that's not the case anymore. It's all the way back. Yeah, but allegedly, the NFL is done with their investigation. Yeah. They're going to come out with their decision. But how could they if more information? Well, the grand jury, I'm sure they're banking on You said two grand juries, right? Not just one? Yep. Yeah, two have. If, if two grand juries came back and didn't, file any charges criminally i guess the nfl is just going off of that right but it's i don't this is such a weird deal we've never dealt with anything like this before rusty you gotta remember rusty said he's starting he seems like he's struggling a little bit in his, yeah uh, his i'll trauma. say why is rusty doing interviews right now if, if he wants the best for deshaun and if he by the way maybe rusty's like after all the years of being a defense attorney and being really good he's like i need a clear conscience. how do i do that let me go on this thing and well, it's not really against the law to do what he did, right? And then, boom, that's used immediately against him in the next allegation. Yeah. It's like, I, is this That's money? why lawyers don't want their clients speaking because right. they can mess things up when they speak. And now this is what the lawyer did. And it's now being used against him in an actual allegation yeah. now. Through the, it's, I don't know shit about fucking the law world other than the fact that I've been in court and in jail. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I defend myself in court. Court. This is sport. Uh, new song from Lupe Fiasco. Ooh. Auto Bato. Fucking. Still got Here it. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just heard it for the first time this weekend. Pretty solid. Banger. Yeah, yeah, pretty solid. So I don't know shit about fucking that whole thing. We we thought he was going to get indicted because they could indict a ham sandwich. Right. Yeah. Then he does get indicted twice. And then almost, I don't want to say like it felt like we were like, oh, well, if he didn't get indicted, it doesn't mean anything. And then now we hear what Rusty was saying in there basically. On why he didn't get indicted and why this whole thing, it's like, well, I don't know if that's not, now the whole world is like, well, I don't know if that's what are the sports, what are the sports like um, lawyer people saying about it? what do they think is going to happen? Everybody has different responses. Uh-huh. USA Today Sports Deshaun Watson's lead counsel believes there's a good possibility the NFL will make a decision he won't like, but calls it a hell of a detailed investigation by the league. Says USA Today Sports, hell of a detailed investigation. I think you, uh, Deshaun was interviewed four times. Is that the number? I forget. I thought I thought I read it. I thought he was in. in uh, I think he was uh, multiple times. Then do they talk to out. the accusers? 
Uh, a few, I believe, a few of them yeah. they reached out to the NFL did. I'm not sure. The NFL will tell us, I assume, whenever they make this announcement. After ba ba talking mm-hmm. to ba, doing this, looking into this, going to this, that's what the NFL will do. So they don't get caught with their pants down like they did, you know, with yeah. previous, yeah, where a video came out mm-hmm. two months after they made their decision. It's like you fucking idiots. What were yeah. you guys even doing? Well, and it does feel like the Browns were at least a little bit. Maybe not prepared to the point where it's still going on and more allegations are happening, but didn't they structure his contract so that this entire year is just $1 million? So even if he is suspended the entire year? They denied year, that, though. What? They denied that the million dollars was because he could possibly get suspended, and it's a lot easier to lose $450,000 than it is to lose $24 million compared to when you get suspended. Yeah, and you can say that they were trying to do salary cap gymnastics, but we all immediately upon seeing it being a $1 million salary for next year went... Oh. Deshaun, oh, okay. Deshaun has an agent, and his agent is smart. Who and is he? Hey, we got a plan for the future. Mulageta. Yeah, yeah David Mulageta. Athletes first, I think. I think he's A1. Is he? I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's get out of here. Pretty good day, and all I'll talk about. Yeah. 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 Couldn't even imagine tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, tomorrow. <laughs> couple good we got guests. The islands, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got Revis Island coming on tomorrow. Yeah. Sweet. And June will give us something. How about that? What's he up to? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. I know he just got. He's going into the NFL or the New York Jets's Ring what? of Honor or oh, whatever. Nice. Mm-hmm. With Mangold too and Debrickashaw. Yep. Yes, Debrickashaw's awesome. first, I think, during the season. Then Mangold. Then Revis is going last. There's three of them going okay. next year. Is that normal? That feels like a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Hopefully, last the Jets well, are winning a bunch of games and it's a fun atmosphere. Well, that won't happen. Whoa. Hey, per his brother. Yeah, his brother-in-law. So their season's going to be over before the bye week. Yeah. Hey, sorry. Brady said a lot of good things. Brady had some good analysis. He did. Didn't he? It's kind of what he does. Well, and when you look at that schedule. Anytime he talks, you're right, what you're about to say. Anytime he talks, though, just like Orlovsky, it immediately just – he just has to see his NFL record shoved in his face every time. He, that's what I – we put a tweet out, a couple different tweets out, and then people were tagging me in the tweets that were happening, like some Jets blogs put up some tweets, and all anybody did was just shit on Brady Quinn's NFL record. Oh, yeah, this guy knows he's 5-19 and 19 as a fucking quarterback. <laughs> it's like, well, does he know more than you do? What, what, how many wins do you have in the NFL? None? Oh. oh. Okay, so hmm. maybe we don't – Maybe if I think, he, I think he expects that. He understands. Yeah, just like Orshlovsky. I, yeah. yeah. I don't think he worries about it. Well, and he, you know, for seven years – or not all seven, but he knows, like, when teams are, you know, maybe structured the way that they should be like it was in Cleveland when he was there. Or Kansas City when he was there. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, that Kansas City fan base was waiting for him to throw a pick, and he did. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I was there. That was tough. <laughs> they went nuts for it. <laughs> it was, ah, yes. way to go, another one. He was like the fourth quarterback they had played that year. Mm-hmm. At least. Was Romeo just... Cornell the head coach? By the way, that congrats. Time? Congrats on retirement. Yeah, he just retired. Danny, congrats, hey, Romeo. Romeo. Thanks for your uh, contributions to sport. Love you, Romeo. Guys it. loved him. Guys absolutely loved playing for him. Everybody. Felt like they didn't win much whenever he was the head guy. No. They did love him. And I think everybody else who's coached alongside of him loved him as well. What a dude. Congrats, Romeo. Hey, baby, Romeo. Home career. All right, I'm out of here. We're out of here. See you later. Good luck with your diet. Thank what you. is that supposed to be? I got some wings coming on the other side. I had a little bacon and eggs this morning. Oh, this yeah. guy. My oh so you're just keto. You're not doing keto and uh, intermittent fasting, are you? No, I'm just ketoing. Just Good. ketoing. Here we go. Good for you. But I'm also, I got to figure out a. A cardio thing because these last two weeks I'm being able to do cardio is really. What about good. the bike? 
You can't do cardio with your knee? It's that bad? Well, I don't know. The knee, when I was on the bike, the knee well, it's supposed to be low impact. Blew up. Raise, raise the seat up so you don't have to bend as much. Got to get you in the pool. Harness oh, yeah. you up. True. Swim. Oh. Yep. Do some laps. Have Connor hold the cord. I'm just going to do push-ups. Everybody fuck off. <laughs> push-ups stink. Do push-ups and, push and pull-ups. That's all you need. Can we talk about no. one of the gutsiest performances I've ever seen? What was this? Exactly. Oh, yeah. You said no, and then now I've piqued your interest because a man yeah. last night went into hell in a cell with a torn tit. Yeah. Cody, I saw the picture. Cody Rhodes went in there, and I don't know – it. On this TV, I mean, we can't see anything. When did he do this? Do you know when he tore it? Uh, so it, they're kind of being vague about that. They're just saying in a previous brawl or in a workout or something Jesus. happened. Nobody knows. But a lot of people thought that was makeup. Like, that's what your body actually does when you tear your shit. They'll I get, had that. Yes. I tore my right pec just like that. I I had that very, very similar. Mine bled down my forearm a little bit more, not as much in my pec like his is. But if he, he wrestled with this, it was when I did mine, I would put a brace on, and I couldn't even do a elliptical because, like, that little bouncing hurt so bad with your pec. Yeah, he early it looked like he was in a shit ton of pain, and then he's a monster. Yes, he could do that. Jeez. He he clicked into some sort of I don't give a fuck. I think <laughs> because unless they shot that thing up with everything you could possibly shoot up, which would hurt so bad. By the way, oh. just the shooting up a part of it would hurt so bad. Full hell in a cell match. Hey, this they didn't mail it in either. This shit was like a full full match. He ended up winning. Congrats. Seth Rollins lost to a guy with one fucking tit. So is he taking a break now, I hope? I assume he's going to have to get surgery. Yeah, I, I I do not know all the ins and outs. I wish I did. I was not on at Hell in a Cell. SmackDown only had one match, and all parties agreed that probably not worth the trip to Chicago <laughs> and back for that. For I think it ended up being like a 13-minute match or something. Madcap caught a big win. Madcap. But as soon as he took his jacket off, because there was reports hitting the internet about somebody's injured, somebody's injured. Then it was like, oh, Cody Rhodes is injured. Cody Rhodes is injured. And I thought it was all work. You know, I thought it was all work, especially going into Hell in a Cell. thought it was all something like to set up something. Yeah. And then when he took his jacket off, he walked in there without his jacket. Didn't lift his left arm, lifted it, or right arm. He lifted his left arm a couple times. And then when he took his jacket off, and it was just like... I was like, oh, my oh, wow. has to hurt so bad right there. Did they talk about it? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Had to. I mean, with that thing. Yeah, look at that. Had to. Hey, shout out. Congrats, Cody. Yeah, about Cody. Shout out, Cody. That'll be a toughness conversation fodder forever. Yeah. Right there, that evening for him. So, good for him. Seth Rollins lost that guy. Going to be tough to sleep tonight for Seth. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Seth. His wife, Becky, also lost. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, no. Tough night. Know. The Rollins is 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 all right, we're out of here. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with a better show. We got uh, Albert Breer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Darrell Rivas. Yeah. And maybe another surprise guest. Ooh. Ooh. Stay tuned. Tonight, the big game Tom is. Tom Cruise. The Oilers, at, or the Avalanche Oilers. at the Oilers. Oilers trying to avoid sweep. the sweep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is Jack Johnson playing tonight? How's he feeling? How's he skating? I don't know if he is or not. I hope so. He's feeling good, though. I've talked to him. Good. Okay. Did, did you ask him if they win the cup? Maybe we... Oh, he already told him okay, what good. I'm doing. Yeah, I. What are you? I don't know. I I did mention to his family members that there may be an extra like 13 to 20 people that come in for a cup celebration Let's if they go. win. Okay, good. that's awesome. Tell them we'll pay for whatever extra space needs to be added. Yes, have it at your house Correct. at the at the cult party. It probably will be. That's where he 
He lives right there too. Yeah. I don't know when his date would be though. He he doesn't get to set when he would get it. We were getting we're putting the cart in front of the horse though, aren't we here, fellas? No. No, it's three mm-hmm. right zero. Three zero right now. If Tampa crushing. Tampa's coming back too, I mean, we're just trying to set ourselves up for best possibility to drink from Lorda. Yeah, that's, that's right. The Avs Tampa. And you're doing a lot of eye talk. Don't need that right now. Non-hockey. What do you mean? Oh. We is the hockey term. Yeah. We, 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 we. Hawk we. We, we believe. believe. <laughs> we believe that. We believe that you. Where's this from? We, we believe, believe that you are acting like a selfish prick right now. We believe that you are acting like a selfish prick right now. We believe that you are acting like a selfish prick right now. I like this one. This show sucks. <laughs> You said we, like when I was in studio the other day and said, oh, it's like nine on one. And I heard Connor or someone said, it's we, we're all together. And then this just happened, like I said. Well, that's because you said, I know what I am trying to do whenever you're talking about Lordo and Jack Johnson. We are trying to join you. So why can't you just say, I know what we're trying to do, boys. We're trying to get in this thing. Instead, you said, well, that seems like a you problem. Mm -hmm. I drink it from Lordo. Okay. Yeah, you, I think you, you might be right. It is. We are a big team. So, yeah, that was Hell my yeah. bad. I shouldn't use I anymore okay. when it comes all to right. that. Especially when we're talking about that. Yeah, thank That's you. That's right. Look Let's go, AJ. Don't need to be a selfish prick all the time. Yeah, there we go. We. <laughs> we, we believe. believe. We believe. We believe that. We, we believe, believe that, that you are a selfish prick. Right now. Right now. Can't even come out. Can't even say it. Can't even say it. Nope. Can't do it. <laughs> it's impossible. That U.S. soccer game. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no I'm gonna, I didn't get to see it. it. I'm going to go back and watch it. I DVR'd it, yeah. Watch oh, it. Yeah. There's a couple good moments, like 17 minutes in. Ah! <laughs> and I missed the net. Yeah. Someone almost had a shot. Almost. There was good ball possession, though. There was a couple good balls. How many goals would have been scored if there was no goalies in either net? So Uruguay would have had three, I believe. Maybe, maybe, because guys can get in there and kick them away, though. Defenders. True. I feel ah, like the- there was a great save late. Great save late. Let's go. By Sean Johnson. He, like, on the doorstep, bah, last second. Sean Johnson was a gymnast, too, Correct. right? Yeah. Okay. She married oh, yeah. a long snapper. He's not she the did. starter, but he was good yesterday. No, they're talking about him it being his time. Making a run. I heard him say it. Because Teppen. Zach Steffen. Him. Combined them, yeah. Huh? Casey Keller loves both of them. I know that. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's time you all the same. That's well, what we Tim need to know. Tim Howard Tim needs to be the one that makes a decision. Mm-hmm. I, I trust all the coach of the United States team. Yeah. Burr Holton. Mm-hmm. Jurgen Klinsman. That's not. Huh? Burr That's Holton. not Klinsman anymore. That what? guy was a it's terrible. Yeah. He hated America. Who is the coach then? That guy was giving fake. Twelver man. Um, Taylor no, Twelver works no. ESPN. Burr Holter. It's Greg oh, Burr Holter. Alexi Greg Burr Holter. Greg Burr Holter. Cool. He's a good coach. <laughs> Final answer. Yeah. He's a good coach. Got a lot of talent. Need to get out of that fucking pool, especially Wales' sorry ass yeah. with what yeah. they did to Ukraine. Yeah. Unbelievable. Teach him a lesson. England, fucking see ya. Yeah. yeah. Although Thanks we better score, scoring some goals. Otherwise, I'm not going to watch any of those fucking games. <laughs> I am officially going on hiatus until the first World Cup game. I'm not going to watch whatever friendlies next. Can't do it. Can't do it anymore. There's one in Austin, Texas coming up yeah, next Friday. Can't do it. You know what? There, I, I hope there's a fucking Bassmasters on that day with Kevin Van Dam. I'd rather watch that than the fucking men's soccer. It's a good show, though. Well, hell, hell yeah. yeah. What you've seen Kevin Van Dam angle. Yeah. What was old buddy with else. the blonde hair that used to have the show? Uh, Bill Johnson? Dance. Oh. Bill Dance. 
Jimmy Houston Outdoors used to be a fishing show. Yeah, it's That's probably very James. similar to Bill Dance, if I had to guess. Where's that? These are Midwestern shows? I don't remember any of these fish. Bill fucks. Dance was a Tennessee guy who'd go <laughs> out there and like always like accident like he filmed a show and he'd always accidentally like back his boat into the water and it'd go under he'd snap fishing poles all the time and shit like that oh, like, stooge. yeah very big time stooge very funny saturday used, sunday morning i used to watch a noodling convention you know what i mean whenever mm-hmm. they would go, go noodling lakes and rivers in oklahoma and stuff mm-hmm. i enjoyed that fishing show i don't know enough about fishing sucks there is <laughs> yeah there's people that park outside my house on uh, Morse Lake here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. They park right outside my house. These fuckers don't catch a thing. Hour and a half, two hours, I'm Ooh. watching people just sit there. Uh, maybe when I'm looking away at something and I come back. But, Jesus, there is not a lot of success on a lot of these boats. F- fishing's relaxing, though. It's their golf, right? That's yeah, their thing? Exactly. I guess. Catching. Catching is fun. Catching fish. It's uh, fun. I even like just throwing out a couple casts. Yeah, no. Nope. Crow hop into that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Couple casting after about three of them with no bites. Like, all right, oh, you just shoot the Head shit, back smoke in. a cigar. I'm surprised you don't like it. This guy's a big ten angler right here. That's mm, right. Yeah. Which is why anytime fucking Kevin Van Dam's on my screen, I'm watching. <laughs> all right, we're out of here. See you tomorrow, AJ. Great show, pal. Hi, right, boy, AJ. Thank you. Big thanks to Shregs, Sheeran, and Quentin Richardson tonight. The Edmonton Oilers try to avoid a sweep. We'll talk about that. Hammer Don is in uh, five ten minutes. I think there's a redirect still available oh, if you want to go check it out. Can't wait to watch that. You and the lad in Canada. Uh, and obviously, Mitt, you're the best. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Pushing you, pushing you.